Now let's just get one thing goddamn straight now. Don't go down that road. That road over there? Well, don't go down that road. Oh, you know the road? You know the road of which I speak? That road. Don't go down it. The one you don't go down? That's the one. That's the road. It eats up a lot of animals and creatures, that rod. Oh, that rod. Oh, that rod. At night, I go out onto the rod and lay naked on it. I seem to be having memories of a distant past. Am I? Is it me, Jimmy Stewart? <laughs> Jimmy Stewart? <laughs> well, you don't go down that road. <laughs> oh, oh, don't go down that road. <laughs> I just us. I want our listeners to know there's going to be many more rods to come on this episode. You can't not. If you're doing a Pet cemetery uh-huh. episode and you just don't abuse the fuck out of the chance to say yeah. rod, you, you're missing out. You, If you want to... You pause right now, play yeah. a drinking game with Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah. You take a shot every time he says road. And I I yeah. counted it up. It happens nine times That's what before Gage dies. Yeah. yeah, lots. Before Dude. it actually kicks off yeah. as a fucking horror movie, he's already <laughs> said road nine times. Within the first like 30 <laughs> seconds of meeting him, he says road three, three times. Three times? Yeah, you're having a triple <laughs> shot as soon as that guy is on screen. I think it was just his touchstone word. Like, that's the way he knew how to do the main accents. So yeah. He was like, well, let's have him say it a lot. Rod. 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 There's the accent. Rod. Rod. Welcome, dead and lovely <laughs> listeners, as always. <laughs> Best intro ever. To this week's installment of Dead and Lovely, the greatest horror movie review podcast in this land or any other land. I don't care whose land it might be. Your land, Ireland, Finland. Greenland. Mm-hmm. Iceland with Bjork. <laughs> oh, Bjork's from Iceland. <laughs> I don't care what land it is you're talking about. We're the motherfucking tag team champs. Boom. It's the host with the most. Why, it's me, Uncle Ben. And me, Holy Word Star. Although recently, I was Hollywood Ben. You were, man. Yeah. And we figured out a few things about Hollywood Ben. I noticed this. Yeah, yeah. yeah Hollywood Ben takes a prescription peyote. mescaline. Mescaline. That's what it was. Oh, or peyote. Was I it peyote? He, okay. take, he gets prescribed to him by yeah. a doctor because, of course... It's a witch doctor. Yeah, yeah. but he makes really low-key synthesizer riffs because... Yeah. Hollywood Ben don't do guitars. No, he doesn't play a guitar. But he hasn't touched a guitar in 20 years? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I was Hollywood Ben because I was just recently out there roaming in the Hollywood Hills of California, mm-hmm. which, as we know, Hollywood is all of California. Yep. The whole place. Hollywood. I was out there visiting my dear friends at the Sir Guitar mm-hmm. Company, John Sir Technologies, doing some video promotional stuff with yeah. my main man, Andy Wood. We were just a couple of dumb knuckleheads out there. Just having the best time. We had the best time out there on the West Coast, man. I know this. I saw a video. You must have used a cheat code. You must have pulled up the phone, put in the right phone number. Yeah, damn right. I went down. And you got a flamethrower. I did indeed get that flamethrower. You had a Tesla flamethrower. You were just firing off. So we were over at uh, my buddy Justin's place. Mm Mm-hmm. Who I'm gonna tell you is actually the most interesting man in the world. Oh, he uh, he works for uh, Sir Guitars and their promotional stuff. Does their photography and everything. Incredibly talented uh-huh. guy. We went over to his place after making videos and stuff one day for a taste of the old country. He made it a pizza. All right. He made a stud that pizza in his oven. Did he use the flamethrower? <laughs> he really should have. How he started the oven? Flame kissed thing <laughs> on top. 
We had amazing homemade pizzas. That's awesome. Then we just kind of hung out and talked a bunch, and he just started whipping out all manner of just like mystical and strange objects. Yeah. He, he put like a stone in my hand that weighed about 15 pounds. What? It was like a meteorite. He then pulled out uh, like a little like round circular piece of glass and a top that he had machined out of, I don't know, stainless or something like that, and had inlaid a ruby tip on and he spun it, and I'm not even kidding you. It spun for 10 minutes and uninterrupted. What? It just spun. It looked like it wasn't even moving. Were you being incepted? I might have Bwah. been incepted. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that a lot? <laughs> yeah, I Bwah. might have heard that a little bit. I heard it somewhere okay. off in the distance. And then we uh, we had some beers, and we busted out a Tesla flamethrower <laughs> and just sort of horsed That's around awesome. with it. Yeah. It was so fun. Yeah. It was the best. I if, bet. If anybody has the chance to wrap their mitts around a flamethrower and throw some flame. Throw a flame. I strongly advise you to throw Walk a flame. Walk a flock of flame. Maybe you do one of mm-hmm. those. I don't know. I had a good old time with that thing and just enjoyed the wonderful people at Sir Guitars. They're yeah. good as gold folk. I don't quite know why they tolerate me and Andy just being a bunch of idiots out there, but I sure am glad that they do because I had a great time. I imagine they had a pretty good time too. They seem to. They yeah. seem to. You know, they seem to. We we like recorded and filmed these like live in the studio trio sessions. Yeah, were you too. naked? Oh yeah, nude sessions. Did they tell you to stop crying? No. Oh, I think that was it's one of, of those it. type of videos. Yeah. Dude, actually, there was one day that we had, we took a break and we uh we went out to lunch with one of the guys from Sir. And uh, our waitress was like, "Oh, you know, you guys don't sound like you're from around here. Like, what are you guys doing out here?" And I, of course, immediately just jumped in. And I'm like, we're making videos. And she's like, oh, really? What kind of videos are you guys doing? I'm like, it's a snuff film. They said I'm going to be a star. <laughs> and the waitress is like, oh, really? And she kind of walked off. And we, we all look at each other and we're like, she doesn't know what that is. The waitress goes back to the bar, which is like back behind us. And she, all I hear is, oh, my God, you guys are awful. And she's standing there with her phone in her hand. like She just Googled it and figured out what a snuff film was. <laughs> it was it was just so much you fun. You are going to be a star. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time out there, man. What did I miss uh, going on here in the Tennessee while I was gone? Um, well, we had a little had a little streaming chat party. I wish I could have been yeah. a part of that. Was it like uh, was it like a AOL sex room chat? Yeah, it was an AOL Hot. sex room set. Hot sex room sex. Checks, I said. Sex room sat. Checks room sat. <laughs> uh, no, we did? did. We did like uh, we did a we did this around Christmas when Joe Bob did his streaming Christmas thing. Oh, Joe Bob. Uh, and Shutter is, you know, giving him a show. The last drive-in, yeah, just started last Friday, and uh, sat down, chatted with some fans. We all got drunk and we watched Joe Bob streaming. That it sounds like a great time right there. Yeah, all the homies, all the all them bustas were up in this yeah, piece. Yeah, the, the little tours were there. Uh, Terry was there. Uh, RDM dropped in at one point. The notorious yeah. RDM. Ryan was there. Didn't even disappear. All those dead and lovely. As well as your wife and my wife and some other people. All the wives. Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all. That's pretty impressive, man. That sounds like a dang good time. Did you guys watch a movie or anything? Uh, yeah, it was streaming. Uh, they were streaming Chud and then Cannibalistic Castle Freak. Humanoid Underground. Mm-hmm. Dweller. I didn't pay any attention to the movies after about 20 minutes, I okay, think. Okay. Right I on. was uh, 
engrossed You're in our chat. Whacking it to that chat. Yeah, it was a good chat. The old chatter whack. Chatter whack, they as call it. As it's known. <laughs> Have a little chatter whack. <laughs> Oi, he had a little chatter whack, didn't he? Well, if you said it with that accent, there'd be fewer syllables. <laughs> a bit of a chatter whack, didn't he? Oi. <laughs> Speaking of RDM, well, I just got a box O beer from that oh, right. son of a bitch. Yeah. So many awesome sounding beers I cannot wait to have on the show. And of course, if you dead and lovely listeners want to send us some beers of your hometown, you can always drop us an email. Yeah, we'll send you uh, an address. You send us beers. And we'll send you a podcast where we drink them and say thanks. And say, hey, that was a good beer. Or I don't like your beer, you bastard. Usually it's we like it, you bastard. Yeah. Kind of in between the both. Right. Yeah. I like it, you bastard, we say. (laughs) You bastard, I like it. That's, you know, the other side of the coin. Yeah, he sent us a bunch of stuff that I'm stoked about. One of them is a collaboration beer between uh, Bearded Iris. Mm Mm-hmm. And shorts burial no. burial. It's the be- oh, yeah, burial yeah. bearded iris. Oh, yes, he was telling me about yeah. this uh, when we had our get together. I yeah. cannot wait to try that thing out. Yeah, those are two it's of exciting. my favorite things, all rolled into one. <laughs> right now, we're drinking a beer from a man, Tim. Yeah, from Michigan. A little dark horse crooked tree. India Pale Ale, unfiltered and unpasteurized from the dark horse. Oh, that's how I like it. Brewing company in Marshall, Michigan. I hate pasteurization, vaccination, masturbation. I hate when people are alive. Yeah. I just prefer us all to just be dead and gone. Fuck Louis Pasteur. Can I go and write a son of a bitch, right? Total son of a bitch. Overrated. Right? I think he's just very overrated. Man. You know? (laughs) Oh, what'd you today? Oh, pasteurized stuff. Save millions of lives. No Whatever, I guess. This beer's pretty good. It's yeah, very it like very piney, very, like piney, very resiny, mm-hmm. nice and dry. Seven percent alcohol, so you'll feel it in your bloodstreams. Mm. Pretty dang good it stuff. It is good man. stuff. I'm digging it. I'm digging. Um, I'm digging how dry it is. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's a good piney dryness. So before I left for my mission of conquest to the Golden Hills of California, uh, I went out there and uh, before I did, I happened to watch The Dirt on the Netflix. Guess what? While you were out there, I happened to watch The Dirt on Netflix. Maybe we should talk about... Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. (laughs) That's the mo- yeah, that's the move right there. Uh-huh. What do you think about it? I had a good time watching oh, yeah. it. Yeah, it was a very enjoyable watch. I know that they, you know, sort of whitewashed it, made them look a little bit less well, m- made them look okay, more yeah. like rascals and less like terrors, <laughs> which they actually were. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like if you've ever read the book The Dirt or like the Heroin Diary stuff that Nikki Six mm-hmm. did, yeah, you realize they were not just uh the you know the little rascals of hard rock no. like they were just genuinely some of the the worst people of all time vince vince neal and i think the dirt is quoted as saying that like women are generally pests but sometimes a good alternative to masturbation oh it's just like holy fucking shit you're a horrible human being and there's uh there's of course a ton of other stuff out there that Mm. we left out that was uh not cool that you definitely could not yeah show on screen these days or really any other day. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they did kind of like glaze over just how awful they were, but they did also show that they were just kind of a bunch of dumb dickheads. Yeah. Yeah. Not I think they models. showed them more as dumb dickheads and less as maliciously dumb dickheads. Yeah. I think it's a Which dude. I think 
they probably were more malicious about it. They yeah. were wanting to destroy shit. They weren't just having a good time. Yeah, it seems that way. It but seems that way. It was a fun movie. It was a fun yeah. watch. And look, it's not the truth. It's a movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know? They do present it like, you know, this is the book written by Motley Crue. So yeah. It is the truth, but Right. It's not. But it's it's fun. It's a fun movie, and Machine Gun Kelly kills it. What the hell? Tommy Lee. How did he do so good? Like I was like three quarters of the way through the movie, and I was yeah. like, who is playing Tommy Lee? I'd say in some ways it's not far off from his actual personality in some ways. But he I don't is, know nothing about him. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know his music very well. No. Um, but I've seen him in interviews and stuff. He seems yeah. to be a pretty cool guy. Run on. Um, I, I, so I have heard that diss track that he made... Murnerman. Uh, yeah, and we're just on the Eminemers. Murmur. Um one thing okay, so here's one thing. <laughs> Growing up I didn't I didn't like Eminem at all because Mur-mur-mum. I liked I liked rap and when yeah. Eminem came along living in the South, what I got to hear all the time was finally somebody made some good rap and you know what that means (laughs) white people yes a white person (laughs) and i ton of those same people now friends on facebook they love machine gun kelly so it's not eminem's fault it's not machine gun kelly's fault but i associate them automatically with assholes with the i'm not racist but i'm not racist but i don't like any rap that's not by a white person I saw this great. How's that racist? I don't know. I don't get it. I saw this great meme of Darth Maul. You remember whenever he whips out his like two sided lightsaber, mm-hmm. and it's like it's one side first, then the other side. Mm-hmm. Like on the meme, like when he's whipping out the one side of the lightsaber, it says "I'm not racist," and then the other <laughs> side comes out and it says "But." but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that so is good. exactly how it always starts. But yeah, so Machine Gun Kelly, I just haven't listened to he him. Did much, awesome, but he did awesome, man. He did a great like, job. What about Ramsey Bolton as Mick Mars? Yeah. Pretty did, cool to he see. He did awesome. Yeah, he's he's really good. I've seen him in a lot of other stuff too. He's yeah. he's a good actor, but like he did a real great job of being the old man. Yeah, the old crusty guy. Yeah, and some Mars. of the cameos in there, like the guy playing David Lee Roth was right. flawless. Holy yeah. shit. He was awesome. Mm-hmm. And the guy playing Ozzy. Yes. Dude. So who much was like that? Ozzy. <laughs> My God. It's like whenever it showed close ups, his face didn't really look like Ozzy. Right. But just his mannerisms and body acting, language. Yeah, the way he, he carried himself was uh, very Ozzy. And the way he talked and stuff, too, mm-hmm. sounded like Ozzy. And he sure did snort up M. Far ants. He did. You don't want to do that. Oh, well, yeah. You don't want to drink pee either, but. Nope. Sure did that, too. If you're going to drink Ozzy Osbourne's pee, though, probably the safest person to be is Ozzy Osbourne, I should think. Sure, yeah. You know what? I bet even he would catch something from... <laughs> like if, Must be something from my own piss. <laughs> like if, he, if he gets an open sore, he can't let it touch another open sore. Or he <laughs> might contract something new. <laughs> yeah, sides of his body have diseases that the other sides don't and stuff. <laughs> It's an interesting ecosystem, in, Poor guy. ecosystem inside of Aussie. Can't imagine. Bless him. I enjoyed it. And I did too. I, and like I, I said, there was, there was a cool stuff with like how they they recreated the costumes from a lot of those famous videos, and yeah, there were some little inaccuracies with some of the gear and stuff, but they still did a pretty damn good job with hey, it. Speaking of Motley Crue videos, guess who directed two of them? Huh? Mary Lambert, director of Pet Cemetery. No shit. Mm-hmm. See, it's all ties together, y'all. This yeah. isn't irrelevant stuff. No, this is totally part of our horror movie discussion. You're damn right it is. <laughs> yeah, I recommend watching it. I think yeah, it's I do too. I mean, it's what, like an hour and a half? It wasn't yeah, too long. Not long. No. Um, and there's definitely enough action. Like, even if, if you don't know anything about Motley Crue, 
it's an interesting story of a band becoming famous in yeah. LA. Yeah. And I'll tell you, my favorite part in the whole thing was that a day in the life of Tommy Lee thing. Uh-huh. Like, as soon as that was over, it's like, I wake up handcuffed to a bed, right. and then it goes through his whole day. Yeah. I, like, rewound. I was like, I gotta watch that again. Yeah, it was it so was, good. It was just awesome, man. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. What did you think of all the, uh, seems like a lot of the criticism is directed towards the Zach Morris talk at the camera stuff oh, in it. Oh, I don't I, have I, a I thought it was fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I don't... It's I mean, fun. I think a lot of people just hate that in general. So, like... Anytime it's done, they hate it, and they're Excuse always me, just going to point it out. Last I heard, Zach Morris is pretty fucking cool. I, as far as I understand, he's the coolest guy alive. So cool he can freeze time. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody else is that cool. Uh, well, Parker Lewis couldn't lose. Okay, so I guess true. if he went up against Zach Morris, he wouldn't lose. But I doubt he would win. It'd be he a tie, probably. Yeah, you yeah. might be right. You might be right. What else have you been watching? Anything good? Uh, where's that watch? Well, I finally watched Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I still haven't seen it, but well, li- literally I, everybody has told me that it's yeah. unbelievably good. I was going to say to you, I'm not going to give you a reason not to watch it because it's awesome. So <laughs> it's it kind of so great. Deals the animation's with, awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of like a multiverse kind of mm-hmm. thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, they've done, they've done it in the, the yeah. comic books. They had a, uh, in, uh, had a few Spider-Verse storylines, but... Um, this is just basically introducing the concept that there's more than one Peter Parker, which he's kind of the perfect start to the fourth iteration of Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, we already saw it with Tobey Maguire, and then we saw it with Andrew Garfield, and then Marvel kind of skipped it with um, uh, Homecoming. Right. Uh, they just gave us the brush strokes of it. And so the Into the Spider-Verse kind of starts with, let's go over it again. Mm, okay. But then that becomes a running joke as each new Spider-Man shows oh, up. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, but yeah, it's it's amazing animation, really great uh, voice cast, Sick. really enjoyable. Nicolas Cage is in it. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. Yeah. He plays Spider-Man Noir, a 1930s awesome. detective type Holy Spider-Man. Holy shit. That's cool. There's no way to explain it because the story is pretty... Marvel convoluted, but still real simple. Okay. Basically, King Kingpin killed Spider-Man in the universe that they're in, mm-hmm. and then it moves out from there. Um, but just a real simple story of a new Spider-Man. All right. um, I think it's the animation that made it so amazing animation to me. Crazy, dude! It's so good. Right on, yeah. man. I definitely got to watch it, dude. I meant Check to see it, it in the theater because I heard it's just one of those that you yeah. need to see on the biggest. Oh screen yeah, you I can. would. Yeah, watching it, I was like, I wish I had seen this in three D. Like this is one of the only movies I've ever seen and thought like this would be amazing in three D. Right. Yeah. Did you see the previews for uh, what's called Far From Home? Oh right, yeah. It looks like they got like Mysterio in there. Uh, yes, it's Jay, Jay Gyllenhaal playing Mysterio. As old fishbowl head Mysterio. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Yeah. The, and the way they present him in the previews is he's a, he seems like he's a hero. Yeah. He's like European Iron Man or yeah, something like that. Yeah, but it's definitely... It's going to go a different route. Oh, you course. know what it is. Of course it is. Yeah, I look forward to seeing that stuff. Cool. I definitely got to watch that. Anything else you watched? I watched Tragedy Girls on the Hulu. I've heard of this, but I have no idea what it is. Um, I don't want to say too much but basically it's about two girls who want to be serial killers okay yeah. right yeah it's fun like Sounds it's sweet a f- and endearing it is it's got brianna hildebrand who plays negasonic teenage warhead oh shit okay yeah. she's awesome she's great in it um it's 
it's real fun. I, I had a lot of fun watching it. And I think uh, our friend Brandon Suttles had recommended it to me a while ago. Ah, okay, yeah. I finally got around to it. But yeah, I, I recommend that one for sure. Tight. Yeah. I just pretty much have been watching through Game of Thrones still, trying to get ready. Yeah. We just finished that season three, so we just finished like the Red Wedding the Red episode Wedding, and yeah. stuff. <laughs> then saw Theon get his dang ding dong snipped off by old, uh, what? old, old what's his face there. How's he going to pay pay? I don't know. I just don't know. How really. did he? I would assume it swelled. Oh, man. It just, it had to be awful. Because he's kind of like a knife. Like, he didn't. Yeah, it was this weird hook-looking contraption, man. Yeah. yeah, I'd say his old downstairs mix-up is quite disorganized, if I should say so myself. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting through this stuff. Season four is kind of a trudge. From what Ooh. I recall, I recall nothing much happens in season four. Season four, I don't remember. Exactly, right? Huh. And then it picks up a little bit later on. There's cool stuff like the sand snakes and all that jazz, but yeah, I just can't wait. Some but you know, really what? hated those sand snakes, but I, I didn't read cool. the book, so I didn't know that I should be disappointed. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, of course they were cool in the book, but I still thought they were pretty okay. cool. Pretty cool in the show. I think I've realized I'm at the point though where, with however this ends, if it ends exactly how I think it will, yeah, I'm gonna be mad. Also, if it ends completely different from how I think I will, I'm gonna be mad. Yeah, you can't. Uh, yeah. I just don't know how it's going to wrap up and all like, please these, anybody. All of these shows follow the same uh, the same uh, sort of flow chart with people. It's It comes out, everybody's telling you you need to see it. You finally sit down and watch it. You watch all of it at once. Yeah. And then you're caught up. Now, everybody who said they, you're supposed to see it, they've already seen it all. And they're already complaining about it. But you just saw it. And it's magical to you. You rewatch it again. But then you start complaining about it after you tell other people to go watch it. Mm -hmm. And then there's this just constant cycle of people who are super excited to be watching it. And people who are already fucking tired of it. Oh, humans. And then we come to the finality. The finality. The finale. (laughs) We come to the finale. And no one can possibly be happy. No, uh-uh. So, like, you might as well. I would say the best ending to it would be Bollywood dance and singing ending. Now that I would like. Like, they all just come together like it's going to be a big battle. And And then then they they dance it out. Just dance it out. Then hug each other. Are the dragons dancing too? Yep, the dragons break dancing. Oh of my course. god! And just eliminating entire towns and yeah, stuff accidentally. Yeah, but everybody's loving it. They're like, yeah. Nobody cares about woo! them. They're poor in yeah. their thatched roof cottages. Yeah. Who needs them anyway? Like, at that point, no one could complain because no. it would be like everybody. Nobody would say it was good. Yeah. So who do you complain to? a great point if you have no one to complain to if you're all just like man that sucks so you guys heard it here first (laughs) dead and lovely's calling it we're like babe ruth calling it we're pointing to the fence (laughs) bollywood dance ending that's what we're calling break dancing dragons oh and of course it's gonna show somebody on a primitive victrola looking thing going what is this just scritchy scratching that thing yeah like like rap didn't evolve past 1980. Do you think there's somebody that that wears on a gold chain an oversized hourglass on their neck? That's just like the hype yeah, man. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be one of the maesters. Actually, it'll probably be the one that you know brought. The they do have a big life. chains already. Yeah, yeah. It'll be, the maesters will have they'll have a rap battle, of course. <laughs> <laughs> In that big room, the big library, they'll have a rap battle. Do you think that Daenerys will have her, her hair in like maybe cornrows? Oh, or I hope so. And she dressed like a fly girl. 
Yeah. Like just a like little tank top and yeah. like way baggy pants. Extremely baggy yeah. pants. I'm liking where all of this is going. I'm actually liking this more and more <laughs> as we get into it. And as she's like as she's there, a bunch of other dancers show up and of course J-Lo's there because she was a fly girl. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, she'd and, be there. And uh, wait, who was a chick from White Men Can't Jump? Exactly. That right? One? Yep. She was a fly girl. <laughs> like they all show up. They have a dance battle. Then of course Jon Snow. Um, My name's Jon Snow and I'm here to say. Yep. He'll, he'll say something like that. Yeah. It's fun to rap in a Game of Thrones way. Oh man, they get like self-referential like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with this. With my board, George R. 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 Martin. <laughs> Dude, seriously, though, like, it would be the greatest thing of all time if this did just dust till dawn at just yeah, get to like, the very what end. The fuck? Completely change gears. Vampires show up. Yeah. What the fuck? That would <laughs> be amazing. Just, like, they're about to have this huge battle, and then an army of vampires just swarms. Kills all of them. Everybody's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see how the cookie crumbles on that one, but we're calling it. Yeah, that's You heard it here first, You heard exactly what's happening. Now, Steve, the subject of today's show is... Pat Smamatari. That's how it's spelled, I think. And uh, that movie is, of course, all about, you know, little fluffy dogs and kitties. Yeah, and a whole bunnies. lot about pets and cemeteries. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's a very pet-oriented movie, as mm-hmm. you would guess by the title and stuff. Right. So, Steve, I'll tell you before we start getting into the movie review portion of the show, why don't we just slide, slide, slipper dippity slide here on into the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. And maybe there's some wizards over at the BuzzFeed what can tell us which pet we should actually have by answering a series of questions. I bet Chelsea Marshall and Julia Pugachevsky could tell us exactly what's up. So we got to answer a series of questions here and find out what our dream pet is. Now, Steve, what is your schedule like? All over the place, get in late but work late, whatever I want, my boss doesn't notice, no one owns me, I sleep there, I'm unemployed, thanks, flexible or working nine to five. Um, you got a lot of choices. I'm going to go with no one owns me. Yeah, man, it's you true. don't own me. It's true. Pretty hardcore answer, man. I'm going to say all over the place because... I you got that chaos here, life. there, and everywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maximum chaos. So that's my that is being my answer. Um, Ben, this one's a simple question. Okay, that for some reason offers two answers, but then offers nine answers. That's an interesting. Here's the question: turn of events, love or money, or seven other things, or seven other things. Interesting. <laughs> love, neither, money. Love is the only currency. WTF question mark question mark. I'll just buy love. Oh. Money can't buy you love though. Did they not know about that? I think the oh. Beatles clarified yeah. this, yeah. Ideally, love. Realistically, money. Ooh. I hate this. Or a slice of pizza is is the last answer. I'm not gonna lie. I yeah. think that pizza is kind of the ultimate combination of love and money. Because you have you, to have money to get it. Right. But then when you eat it, it's like being in love with pizza. Yeah. I love it when I have it. This also looks like a big old floppy New York slice. Yeah, it looks like a good slice of pizza. I'm going with that pizza. Okay. All right. Um, I'm just, uh, I mean, why can't you have both? Hmm. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to go with love. Okay. 
Good choice. Good choice. Whatever. The highlight of your weekend would be having friends over for wine and Netflix. Any moment of alone time, reading a really good book, seeing an experimental play or movie. Experimental what? play or movie? <laughs> I mean, play or a movie would have sufficed. If that's the highlight of your weekend, your weekend sucks. <laughs> Going on a, a cute date with a crush, flying to a different country, performing on stage, chilling at a dive bar, or dancing at a posh club. The highlight of my weekend. So this is this is a Saturday Sunday activity. Yeah. Um, I would say flying to a different country, but that'd be pretty like, cool. Like, what different country are you flying to for a weekend? Are we leaving on Wednesday and coming back on like Tuesday? It's a good question. That's, yeah, I'm talking like long weekend, right? Um, mm. but yeah, I would love to fly to a different country. Sounds pretty good. I'm gonna go with performing on stage. Like that's what I kind of tend to do all the time. That and is, I'm yeah, looking so you're living to, your best life. I'm looking forward to performing on stage this weekend with Skank Banger Saturday at the whoa, Open whoa, Court whoa. in Knoxville, Tennessee. Going to be busting out some uh, some new Motley Crue songs because might as well take advantage of the fact that that's popular right now. <laughs> it is, for sure. Fuck it. Ben, pick an after-school activity. Wait, wait, an after-homeschool activity? Yeah. Okay. So what am your, I doing with my mom time and structured such no. that there were, yeah, I was going to say that there would be a <laughs> Stop concept right of there. after school. Uh no, huh? Okay. No, it was very very loose, which you wouldn't believe has affected me later on in my what? life. Yeah. Have Does you ever it make noticed? it hard to plan? I mean, a little bit. I know you've never noticed. No, I've never noticed. <laughs> but uh some people say they it's, notice sometimes. Yeah, I get it. Um here are our choices. Fashion club, mm. science club, some kind of team sport, smoking under the bleachers. Oh, it's Lord. after school. Yeah, go, go home. home and smoke. <laughs> Lit mag. What does that mean? I assume literary magazine. Yeah. At Jefferson County High School, it was Voices and Vision. They can't hear how confused my face looks right now. It's very confused, yeah. It's a confused face I yeah. have. Uh, track team, bowling team. Drama Club, Mock Trial. Oh, Drama Club all day. Yeah? Yeah, that's what began my days as a high school drop-in. Yeah. Which, if you guys have never listened to the show before, quick version, I was homeschooled, and I actually spent my senior year of high school sneaking into high school. Yeah. So that I could join the (laughs) forensics team, the competitive acting and drama team. Super nerdy. Which is so dumb, but really equipped me for a life in front of the camera. Um... Now, I didn't do any of these things as an after-school activity. Yeah. Um, but I did do after-school activities, so I'm trying to find one that's the closest to stuff I did. You played a sport, didn't you? Uh, not not in high school. Yeah. I discovered weed. Um, <laughs> is that on here? Smoking under the bleachers? It is. I, that, all right. I'll pick that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you've had a party. You're the one who is telling stories to a group. Sure. Drinking from a keg or funnel. Both. Passed out on the couch. <laughs> down to do something crazy. Mm. Playing a video game. Smoking weed in a corner. Right. Under a bleacher. Oh. Snuggling with your S.O. At the party? Yeah. Helping mm. a drunk person or having an intellectual convo. Um, which is gonna... short for convoy, like a group of trucks. Oh. Well, then, okay. I yeah. was going to say, if that was an intellectual convoy, I'd pick it. Yeah. Because, you know. But yeah, that's usually what I am doing, is talking to somebody about something. 
I I think sometimes I'm telling stories to a group, but usually I'm just having individual conversations. So you're going for that intellectual convoy. Sure. I think I'm going to go telling stories to a group. Seems like people are always interested to hear about my antics and shenanigans yeah, as a right. rapscallion musician. Yeah. That is what you do. You out there, you rapscal. I'm a rapscallion. Mm-hmm. Next. It's the first day of nice spring weather. Shit, it's not here. Not yet. <laughs> You go for a quick stroll, jog in the park, host a picnic, hmm. go swimming, duh. duh, drive with the windows down, switch to a t-shirt and shorts, mm-hmm. go on a last minute road trip, do nothing differently, lie on the grass and read a book. I'm going to go jogging in that park, man. I'm going to yeah. go jog that thing. I'm going to mm. put on a podcast. Mm. My favorite things to listen to while I jog, yeah, podcasts, or I'll go on YouTube and look up isolated guitar tracks. <laughs> So I just run and listen to just guitar. <laughs> I, I can't be the only one that does this, right? Sometimes an isolated bass track or a vocal. That but, sounds like that sounds like the beginning of like. So you're in a movie, yeah. where you have to win a guitar competition to get your girlfriend's dog's money's back or right, whatever because he's sick. Yeah, yeah. Um and. That would be the beginning of the montage. You start Jogging. to jog just listening to a guitar track, and then right. it just cuts to other it's things. It's like just Joe Satriani's yeah. Satch Boogie track. And then at the end, you run up the steps of the Rock and Roll Hall yeah. of Fame. It'd be really interesting, though, to see a, an inspirational montage like without drums. Like this seems like that would be pretty hard to convey. <laughs> it's just isolated guitar People are just waiting, like, time. when do the drums start? <laughs> nope, none of that. Nothing. No rhythm. Just guitar tracks. Sometimes it's like dropping out where there's just like just drums maybe yep. in the song, and then it comes back. <laughs> but during those those times, you're just hearing like my footsteps, like this is hilarious. And then the guitar comes back. I can't imagine. You're like, God damn it! Where did the drums I can't come in? Because you wouldn't even recognize it as a montage. You'd be like, Why are there sometimes <laughs> notes playing? And it's just cutting. This from seems thing to weirdly thing. edited. Yeah, <laughs> questionable choices. Um, so you're going to jog in the park. Yeah, um, what are you doing? Boy. Uh, I would say I do nothing differently. Because I, I I do a lot of these things even though it's cold. That's true. You've been known to wear a short. You want them winter shorts. Yeah, yeah. I like, well, because like, unless I'm going to be outside, I'm like, I'm going to be inside. It's going to be... A lot of people keep their houses way hot. Like, Dude, I think that whenever we finally start our extremely hardcore black metal band... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dad. I think that your black metal name is Winter Shorts. Winter Shorts. That's me. And I, I, I wear spikes on my shins instead of my wrists. Yeah, exactly. Got shin spikes. <laughs> Immortal would wear some shin spikes back in the day. Oh, oh yeah, yeah like big, they like, would. Shin That's guards. right. Yeah, yeah. But you'd be wearing those as like cargo shorts. Yeah. Or an athletic short. <laughs> no, I don't have any cargo black, shorts. I am anti-cargo. What do you try to? What, what do you carry out all your stuff in? Oh, uh, I just leave it at home. <laughs> like, if, what about I when you need it? I had cargo shorts as a teenager, and I would never use the pockets. And the only thing I ever discovered about them that was noteworthy was the cargo shorts I had. If you jumped in a lake with them, you came out with two pocketfuls of water. Pocketfuls of sunshine. <laughs> You got a bucket, got a bucket full of sunshine. That's right. But you know what? How many times did you save your ass by having that hammer hanger loop oh, on man. your carpenter yeah. shorts? It's real nice. Just hang your hammer there. 
Well, everybody knows that, like, if you're going to do some major hardcore carpentry work, you better put on some jorts. (laughs) Right? For safety. Yeah, if you're not wearing jorts. And if you're not wearing jorts and all white tennis shoes, mid calf socks, white socks. The house is going to fall down. (laughs) Everybody knows that. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you're doing carpentry work and you're wearing long pants, the the shin part of your pants might get caught in some machinery and cause an accident. That's what happened to Jesus. Then they, they blamed it on the Romans and the Jewish folks, but he was just carpenting and then got sucked into the crucifixion machine. Yeah. You use that a lot with carpentry. Yeah, that's when right. When you need to crucify something. Maybe I just throw in a joke right here that I might just edit out later. Go for it. So there's this guy that works for an advertising agency. Oh, no. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to sell uh, Edward's brand nails. Mm-hmm. And so it's this boardroom meeting. He's like, I got it for the ad campaign. I've got it figured out. And it shows these Roman soldiers like hammering nails into Jesus's hands on the cross. Right. And it's like Edward's nails. And people are like, oh, my God, you absolutely cannot do that. That's horrific. That's awful. Right. He's like, okay, well, back to the drawing board. So you doesn't come up with here. So next week passes by, he comes back, he's like, all right, guys, I got the best idea in the world. I've got it. And it shows them hammering nails into Jesus' feet in the cross. And they're like, my God, Bill, this is not, this This is awful. This is the worst. He's like, all right, one more time, one more time. Just give me one more chance. So next week he comes back, he's like, all right, guys, I've got it. This is the definitive ad campaign. And it's a short video, and it shows these Roman soldiers chasing this this jewish guy with long hair and a crown of thorns on his head chasing him through a field he's getting away and they're like get back here get back here and they're running after him and at the end it says should have used edward's nails (laughs) (laughs) that would sell some nails i'm pretty sure that it would if i'm not mistaken (laughs) so bad all right steve pick a coen brothers movie done fargo the big lebowski yeah uh, who's a what's it? Okay. No Country for Old Men. True Grit. Inside Lewin Davis. Uh, is that how you say that? Uh, I want to sound smart, Steve. Lewin? Lewin, yeah. Okay, that sounds smart. Raising Arizona. The Lady Killers. Burn After Reading. I can't believe they, they, yeah, they used this. Yeah, I was going to say uh, I had already uh, picked one, but it's not on here. Well, I just can't oh, believe they... Yeah, I was going to say, they replaced Oh Brother Where Art Thou with uh, Who a What's It. Yeah. You idiots. You dumb idiots. Yeah. They did leave a whole bunch of really good movies, though, oh, yeah. so it's not that yeah, hard yeah, to yeah. choose. Um, the only good Coen Brothers movie yeah, they left out. They've one. only done the one. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Yeah. That's, one one, that's a love it or leave most, it, it I seems think, like, Except yeah. for maybe Raising Arizona. Yeah? Because I saw Raising Arizona so many times as a kid. Don't you come back here until you got no baby. <laughs> God, Son, I love it so much. you got a panty on your head. <laughs> you got a panty on your head. <laughs> Big Lebowski is going to be my one from these, oh, yeah. but ultimately, Oh Brother is probably my favorite, I yeah. think. All right, next. When dating someone, your biggest deal breaker is... Blood relationship. <laughs> that is a deal breaker. Yeah. You're my sister. <laughs> what? Inappropriate. Um, coldness, uh-huh. being really boring, mm. being too uptight, shyness, not enough book, not reading enough books, Offensive language. <laughs> what? Yeah. Messiness, clinginess, being too independent. Uh, definitely being really boring. That that would. Just, oh yeah, I that's could a imagine being something that's just just boring. I don't, like how? Okay, Ugh. like this is where we start to discuss what dating means. Like is oh, because does this mean you go on a date with? That's a good question. Because yeah, if they're really boring, 
out the door. But I would never get to the point of it being a serious relationship mm. if they were boring. Good point. You know what, Ben? For me, I'm going to say shyness. Yeah? Yeah. You go, like you're shy. too shy, shy. Yeah, I like shy. Hush, hush, eye to eye. <laughs> I like shy people at like parties and stuff because I kind of like to be the person to get them out of their shell. Yeah. But it's work, and I like... That's, it's not interesting in a relationship you don't want to constantly go on be trying road. to draw. Oh, you don't want to go on that road. road? You don't want oh, to go on that road. Someone offers you $100 to eat questionable bacon. <laughs> what do you do? Questionable eat it bacon. up. Eat it up. Whoa. You gotta eat it up. <laughs> I would never eat meat. I'm not stupid. Um, no. Anything for that. Cash, cash, cash. How about $200? Huh? I don't need the money. Only if someone films it. And how gross we talking? What are you going for, Steve? How about two hundred dollars? You gonna uh, you gonna double? I drive a bargain even if I don't intend on taking them up on it. One time, talked to a guy in Chinatown in New York down to like ten dollars for this bottle of Usher cologne. Mm. I didn't even want it. I just picked it up and said Usher has a cologne. And then the guy was like fifty bucks. I was oh like, man! And I immediately was like. 10. 10. <laughs> <laughs> what would have been awesome is like if he would have finally been like, okay, $10. He did. He said, okay. Eventually was like, okay, $10. And I was like, I don't even want it. And well, just walked away. Dude, okay. That's what I was, that's literally what I was going to say is like, if you got him down to $10, then you set it down and just said, I broke you yeah. and left. You know? <laughs> and then his whole life is just ruined after that. He's always just shaking and worried. Yeah. He broke me. Okay. So for me... I'm just gonna go with the um no. I don't okay. need. I mean, I'm not. You know. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not starving. Here's, a, here's, a, here's the deal. To me, yeah. ultimately, we've talked many times on the show about how much I hate throwing up. Yeah. You couldn't pay me a hundred dollars to throw up. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if I'm eating some, you pay me fifty bucks. I go throw up right now. Man, <laughs> how about ten? Okay. I don't want you to. It'll take me less than an hour. I broke Ten bucks. You. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next one here is tricky. Pick a oh, pattern. Yeah, pick a pattern. Yeah. How are we going to describe these? Some we got like a wavy rainbow, rainbow kind of thing. Sort of a floral looking. Print. Grandma's couch. Uh, Looks like a flowery, uh, not like flower, like a silky tutu yeah. prom dress kind of thing. Then like a snakeskin pattern. Yeah. Uh, polka dots. Grass. Grass? That's not a That's pattern. That's not a pattern. No. Clouds? Uh, that's clouds, not a pattern not either. A pattern. Zigzags, and then we got some. What it's is like that? A plaid. Or plaid. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm gonna go polka dots. I'll let me some polka dots. Snakeskin for me, motherfucker. All right. Skank banger all the yeah, way. Yeah. All right, Steve. How responsible are you? Ugh. I can be flaky, but res- but I'm responsible when it counts. Yeah. Very. I'm a free spirit, baby. Uh huh. I'm taking this instead of studying. So uh-huh. yes, but no one believes me. Sure. I'm very clean. So yes. Working on it, mom. I have to be, or eh, things work out. Eh, things work out. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not how I am. I um, I would say I can be flaky, but I'm responsible when it counts. Um, and that means anytime I like make hard plans with somebody, I'm gonna keep them. Yeah. But if we're at a party and we're like, hey, we should do something Tuesday, we're not doing anything. It's not Tuesday. happening. Not no. gonna do it. Mm-mm. Not gonna do it. I'm a free spirit, baby. I, uh, which is just a way of saying I'm very responsible. <laughs> yeah. Hate it. Hate having to be committed to doing important things. Yeah. I just want to have fun. I want to have a good time all the time. Yeah. That's well, they, see, that's the thing is, I just worry about other people's good time. So, like, if I make a plan i feel like i have to do it because i feel like i'm gonna screw up 
somebody else's day. Because, mm. like, I, I know that for me, I'm just dreading what's going to happen later. But other people sometimes are excited about things. Sometimes. <laughs> so, like, I'd like for them to feel happy, though, the whole time I'm like, fuck, I gotta do this thing later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we got next? Um, how often do you cook dinner for yourself? I like to make it a pizza. Yeah, you only cook for guests, like once a year maybe, you only order delivery once a week, almost every day, does cereal count, a few times a week, all the time, it's so fun, all the time because of your diet. Hmm. I'm going to say almost every day, or maybe yeah. should I say all the time, it's so fun, I love cooking. I'm going to say all the time, it's so fun, because okay. it is so fun, I love cooking, man, I don't understand yeah. why people don't like to cook, it's fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm just... To say something different, I'll say almost every day, but it's every day. I cook yeah, my totally, own food, yeah. like every single meal, basically, unless we go out. I like to have a food meal. Yeah. Food me meals. Too. And I make the best food meals. Mm. Not the best, but I make some pretty good food meals. I make the best food meals I've ever made. That's true. I've never beaten myself. Try arguing with that one, jackass. <laughs> Describe where you reside. So small. Okay. Cozy, but I live near a ton of parks. All right. It's a dorm. Huge. Inconsistent. That's oh. an interesting answer. Aye. Teeny, but it has tons of light. Okay. Moderately sized, but cozy. Uh-huh. Four by four, basically, or a trailer. Um, I would say... Uh, I, I would say it's moderately sized, but cozy. Like, yeah. I, I think yeah. we have enough space, and especially, like, since we're out in the country, we have a yard. Yeah, right. So, it's nice. I, I, I kind of have to answer that too, because uh, I don't live in a huge house. But I don't live in a small house or yeah. a trailer, or any of these other ones. So that's yeah. the, that's the one that we're gonna agree with here. Okay. Now, Steve, this brings us to our answer. We've met our dream pets who are destined to pet have. Should we have? I got Rainbow Shark. Rainbow Shark. That's right. Do 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 do. Rainbow Shark. Do 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 So like people with kids just now wanted to murder us, and yeah. people who don't have kids are like, "What's that? I don't understand." <laughs> You always seem to want to prove a point and appear cool. Yeah, that's me. Okay, you and your rainbow right. shark. <laughs> Part of you might possibly want to be Dr. Evil, but you lack the space. Okay. Okay. I don't understand how any of that's relevant. I, yeah, and also, uh, I would say, not true. I do like proving points, though, but appearing cool, eh, whatever. I got garter snake. <laughs> You like danger. <laughs> I would have said that anyway. But not too much. You're also good at appreciating details that other people do not. So apparently, thusly, that means snack. <laughs> I don't quite see how the dots connect on that one, man. I think maybe the wizards over at BuzzFeed might have failed this one. I think they did this on a Monday or a Friday. When yeah. Their, their give a fuck might have just been about out. Yeah, a wizard on a Monday, you're yeah. not going to catch They're hung over as fuck. All that stuff. So we got us another beer here, Ben. We do. We need to get us a pull because we've got us both two big beers here from my main man, Patrick. I just got these in a package today. I'm very excited to try these out because he was talking it up real good. This is an Uncle Dave's IPA from Discretion Brewing. I have never had anything from Discretion Brewing. I haven't either. He was talking it up real good, though. He said they got all kinds of other cool stuff. It says, "Is is there anyone better to sit around a campfire with telling stories? IPAs in hand? We think not. Cheers, Uncle Dave. This full-bodied, complex, dry-hopped IPA delivers fruity hop aromas supported by a substantial maltiness and hint of peppery rye. 
Peppery rye. rye, you right. say. This is a 6.5 ABV, 52 IBUs. What's that get like to you? That rye is peppery. Yeah? Some yeah. fresh-ass pepper? I'm going to pour mine in my oh. cup right here. Aftertaste is interesting, huh? Oh, yeah, it's good. It's it's uh, it's clean. This isn't a like cloudy, you know, hazy looking no, thing. Yeah, this it's is very clear. clear. It almost it honestly the color is pretty much identical to Yungling. Yeah. It looks like a lager, you know? Yeah. Not not like some of the other West Coast IPAs and stuff we've I had. I would say, recently. yeah, this tastes way different than most West Coast IPAs. Hmm. Wow. I would say it's a little lagery even. Yeah, it actually really is. And you can taste the Ryan stuff on the back yeah. end of it. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm digging it. Though. This is one of those ones where, you know, we got two like like bomber bottles right here. And I mm-hmm. think even by the end of it, I'm not going to tire of it. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think that it's just a consistent flavor that isn't too complex, but is real good. The aftertaste tastes a lot like cereal, like Crispix oh. or something. Yeah. Just think about the aftertaste. There's yeah, like yeah. a little bit of that, that sweetness of corn and stuff mm-hmm. on there. It's not super duper hoppy. Yeah. Or like funky. Yeah. It tastes like cereal It thing. does taste cereally. Or like cornflakes mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. you know? I like it. Yeah, I'm digging Uncle it. Dave. Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave, man. You wonder if we're up. related. Anyway, Uncle Ben, back to you. That's me. <laughs> so, Steve, the subject of our podcast today is pet Samatery. Samatery. What's Samatery you? What's the matter, your pet? That's a pet Samatery. Good joke, mm. right? Nail it. And this is from 19 and uh. It is from 19 and uh. It's actually from 19 and 89. That's what I said. I said 19 and uh. And yeah. That's yeah. Sorry, get your ears checked. Shit. Hey, damn. Is this the first time you've seen this movie? No, the first time I saw this movie, I was 16 years old and my girlfriend told me that she loved it. Um, and I love horror movies, but I had never watched it. Okay. Um, I sat down to watch it with her, and I don't know, 10 minutes into the movie, I was like, so that little kid's going to get hit by a truck, right? <laughs> and she was like, just watch the movie. <laughs> um, and I hated it. Again, Babe Ruth just calling for the fences on yeah. that one. You were calling it. Yeah, well, we'll get into why it was very obvious, but... Um, so you hated it, like, the first time you watched it. Yeah, I absolutely hated it. It seems like most it. people that watch this at a younger, more tender age yeah. just have, like, recollections of how life-ruining it was and right. how scary it was and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I, of course, did not see this as a kid, but I'm kind of surprised. It seems like most people that saw this in the younger days mm-hmm. recall it as being very scary. Well, I mean, you know, we've talked about it for a hundred and something episodes now. I... I grew up watching horror movies, so yeah. a lot of people. I do think that that is like I, I. I think I have to be very gentle in the beginning and like rip off this band aid. I still hate this movie, okay, and I still <laughs> don't think it's a good movie. But I do think that there are very good elements. I think it was well directed. I think it was well acted. It just it. Fails as a single individual horror movie to be good. You know, I can I can see that and I can understand that. This is one of those ones that I watched for the first time, probably I'd say maybe eight years ago, eight or nine years ago, something yeah. like that. And I've watched it a few other times, like a couple uh-huh. Halloween seasons since then. I've I've put it back in and watched it. Yeah, and always been like, yeah, that that was good. There's a lot of memorable stuff in there, and 
I kind of, I think, convinced myself that it was really a classic. Yeah. And as, as we said before, it's like whenever you watch shows for the podcast and you know you're going to be analyzing it and stuff like that, you watch it with a much more critical eye. Yeah. And this time through, I, I couldn't help but see how a lot of it really falls apart. Yeah. It doesn't work as as a individual coherent story. Yeah, but which on the bright side, to me, that kind of makes it easier to be excited for the remake, which yes. is coming out this yeah. Friday. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's like, well, it can't be worse. Like, yeah, it would it would be hard pressed to be worse. Yeah. Um, I think so. What happened is, I think a lot of people saw this as one of their first horror movies, so it's going to leave an impression no matter what. Right. If you have no basis of comparison, um, right. it's going to be the scariest thing you've ever seen. And that Zelda scene like, is aimed specifically at making children afraid. Sure, yeah. Never get out of bed again. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's aimed to make children feel, feel afraid. Then the, the kid, Gage getting killed, is aimed at making adults supposed to like feel something. Sure. Um, but it... It all it missed the mark by not aiming at telling a compelling story about a pet cemetery. Like <laughs> it tells a story about a pet cemetery, but it also tells a story. I wrote this down. I found na- nine stories in this movie. Nine stories. Nine different stories being told. And Th- that's a whole lot. Yeah. Well, and and I mean, you might you might quibble with some of them, but here's the first one. Give is, me a smattering. The first one is, of course, um. A father grieving his son's death. Okay. That, yeah. That's one of the major overarching... I, I would say probably the A story is this father, Lewis Creed, going through um, dealing with death and dealing with not being able to do anything about it, but then having something to do about it and dealing with the, the fact that he can't he can't process death. Mm-hmm. He's just failing at it. So mm-hmm. he keeps trying to bring everything back. Um, so that's like our main story. Sure. That, that works. Uh, and, and part of that story is that there's a pet cemetery. Well, there's an Indian burial ground near a pet cemetery that yeah. brings stuff back to life. Because um, reasons. Yeah. Cause reasons. See, so that, that itself is a story that we only get tiny little bits of and never understand exactly what's going on. No, but also in this town, there is apparently a, a, a guardian angel guy who got hit by a truck. <laughs> a zombie angel. Of a sorts. zombie angel who uh, is both trying to stop Lewis Creed from uh, putting bodies in the Indian burial ground, but also tips him off to the fact that he can do it. It is a little. It is a little funny that he goes through all the trouble of like waking him up in the middle yeah. of the night to be like, "Hey." Guess what? Yeah. Come with me. All right. Now that we're out here, I'm taking you all this way. You see this? Well, what you do is this, and you bury him. <laughs> but don't do it. Don't do it. Time to go back to bed. Yeah. Bye. And and I would say, you know what? That if this were part of the first story, and we're dealing with the fact that he he one of it, the only patient we see him get dies. Yeah. Then we would be learning more about Lewis Creed. And if he every once in a while saw that guy. Like, just in moments when he was reflecting, and we could be like, oh, okay, that's in his head. Yeah. But no, two other family members see and talk to this yeah. thing. So that, that's what I was going to say. It's a fucking spirit that has nothing to do with a pet cemetery, which the movie's about. 
Correct. Yeah. Yeah. He was not a pet. He was not buried in the burial ground. Nope. There's not much reason for him to like come back as like a go 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 ghost. Yeah. Or for him to have some information about the future. Oh, okay. So that is a thing in, in the, the book. book. Okay. Yeah. I'll talk about some of the book differences. Yeah. We'll get into that in a second. Okay. So other story that's going on. Uh, there's a road that kills people. Oh wait. And there's pets. there's a what? A, a rod? A rod? A rod? That's a rod? There's a rod. That's a rod in, in, in Northern Maine. There's a Paul. Paul Rod plays There's Aunt Mom. Rod. He plays Aunt Mom. <laughs> Don't go down that Paul Rod. <laughs> but th- there's like a, a running story going on throughout the movie about this road and how dangerous it is and how it's like... It shaped this town and its supernatural history, like in yeah. some ways. And all the trucks have that logo of the Unida Corporation or whatever, yeah, or whatever, whatever it's yeah. called. I can't remember what and it's And they called. all drive 90 miles per hour on a tiny little two-lane road. Yeah. Okay. That's anyway. what they do. Yeah. Uh, it's also about a grown woman dealing with uh, her parents' neglect and abuse. Seems that way. Yep. yep. There's a whole separate story about that that is unrelated to anything in regards to a pet cemetery. Okay, so you know what? Looking back on it, uh-huh. it does ultimately seem like you could have just nipped that out of the movie and had no real change at the net result. I did. Ben. In <laughs> fact, I made I made an hour long edit, and I, I hope you get to see it. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, like I can't show it to you. Yeah, kind of hard show, to distribute. Yeah, yeah. But what I did was I cut out all of the Pasco parts. I put I cut out all of the side story about Zelda, and I cut out everything about uh, Missy. Missy Dandridge. Missy yeah. Dandridge. Yeah. Again, those yeah. are also things that I really noticed this time around. I was yeah. like, you could really just take those out. And you can, and it doesn't affect the story at all. <laughs> that's what I found is when I watched it afterwards, I was like, oh, that's just a coherent story about a pet cemetery. Yeah, because ultimately Judd uh-huh. tells Lewis everything he needs to know about the cemetery and how it works and stuff. Yep. And so the Missy stuff doesn't really matter. We don't need Pascal to tell her to go back to her house whenever she calls and doesn't get her husband after the death of his son. Yeah. We don't need him to say anything because we get, oh, she's his wife and she's worried about him. She's going to fly back home and see what's up with him. Well, here's the thing, too, and this is made way more explicit in the book. Yeah. But I noticed it, especially this time watching through, it's pretty apparent that uh, Rachel, the wife, and Ellie, the daughter, have some kind of shining-like psychic Yes, they do have something going on. And again, that is actually addressed in the book. It seems like there's several people that have the shining in I the was, book. I was going to say, like, sincerely and truly, like, I don't have a problem with all of these things being in a movie. Yeah. But there, seriously, I wrote it down. I think this line, just this line from Judd Crandall would have made... <laughs> All of these storylines just fine. Judd All vo- he'd have to say is... Judd voice, please. I'm going to. <laughs> A lot of strange things happen hereabouts. People say they see ghosts, heard faint whispers. Oh. That's it. You put that line in, all the other storylines make sense. That could be pretty much it. Because now the town is haunted. Yeah. Now the yeah. town has something going on. It's not titled Pet Cemetery. It's titled whatever town this is. Right. And it's about a town that has a bunch of shit going on. Not just a pet cemetery, hmm. which is the title of the movie that we're talking about. Yeah. That is also about a woman who gets stomach cancer and kills herself. <laughs> because, because why? So that whenever Judd Crandall mentions her name in a flashback, we know who she is. 
that's kind that's of all. That's the only reason she's there. It makes no sense. And it also makes no sense, too, that they have her character in there, but inexplicably wrote out Judd's wife. Like, Judd has a was wife she in, in the, the book. book. Okay. Yeah. And that would have made really more sense. Part. Yeah, exactly. Meh. Anyway. I don't understand it at all, man. Um, this is also a movie about a little girl learning about death. Yes. In fact, there are several scenes about it. Yeah. That could easily be cut out in the movie and wouldn't affect it at all. <laughs> it's also about a husband who has a very tense relationship with his in-laws that leads to a fight at a child's funeral. Oh, wait. Funeral. Hang on. Let me just back this up. Doesn't lead to a fight, Steve. Uh-huh. Leads to an all-out slobber knocker <laughs> casket match. <laughs> it was a casket match. Engage lost. Engage lost big time. Dude, I want somebody, if somebody's not done it yet, please, for the love of God, somebody go through and take the casket scene and overdub it with Jim Ross commentating. I'm, I'm going to do that when Stop I get the home damn tonight. match. Stop the damn match. <laughs> I, swear, I swear to God, he's dead. He had a family. <laughs> Like, Dude, that's yeah, what the movie that's was about. about really. yeah. Casket match. And there is there is one <laughs> other small story that goes on in this movie. Just about halfway through, there's a short film about kite enthusiasts. And the oh. main plot of that is who's flying the kite. That's the name of the game. Who's yeah. flying the kite? Why don't da- you tell us, Steve? He's flying the kite. Daddy's flying the kite. I want to fly the kite next. Gage is flying the kite. <laughs> I want to fly the kite. It's kind of like a the kite, the kite, like a children's grammar book where it's like Ugh. he flies the kite. Yeah, she flies the kite. Oh my god, he flew the kite. I mean, it just keeps happening, and you're like, okay, we get that there's a fucking kite. <laughs> Moving on, please. Yeah. You could have done anything. You didn't need five minutes of mentioning how much kite flying is occurring. <laughs> He's got keys tied to that kite. <laughs> Benjamin it's a Franklin. thunderstorm. Benjamin Franklin's here. Well, yeah, you know what, Steve? When you put it that way, it does seem like there's kind of a lot going on. Yeah, well. But not really that much going on. Not that much, though. Yeah, like in the end, like, I'll, okay. So for people who love the movie, what they I would assume that they love about it is the Zelda parts are ridiculously creepy. Yes, those everyone must uh, admit. The, very fucking creepy. the Gage, Gage's death is legitimately uh, very devastating yeah, and disturbing. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, the cemetery set and the uh, Indian burial ground. Oh, the, yeah. They look great. And like, actually, that burial I, ground would like make a sweet tattoo. Yeah, it would. It yeah. looks real cool. And and that's the thing. I was going to say it's a set, but actually, I mean, these are locations in Maine. They yeah, shot yeah. everything in Maine, so nothing is I wonder on whose idea that stage. was, huh? It was Stephen King. Oh, he I never said they guessed. couldn't make the moving list. They made it in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. <laughs> I talked about this before we started. Yeah. But this this is absolutely necessary information to know about Pet Cemetery before you can make a full judgment on it. Okay, get it. Stephen King wrote Pet Cemetery. Yes, the book. The book. And then it sat in his office desk drawer for like two years. Buried under cocaine. Buried under cocaine. He tr- he had tried to sell it to his publisher at the time, which was Doubleday, mm-hmm. and they didn't want it. Okay. Uh, they said there's the, too much cocaine on this Too book. much cocaine on these pages. Yeah. Can't Everybody who keeps trying to read it ends up just licking the pages. <laughs> um, anyway, so they didn't want to publish it. Yeah. He moved to uh, Viking, I think, and Doubleday still owed him some money. So they made a deal with him that they would print Pet Cemetery, and, you know, he'd make money off of that. 
Um, so from the first, nobody wanted to publish the book. Then he wrote a screenplay of it, and George Romero bought it for ten thousand dollars. Yeah, but then no, no executives at any studio wanted to make it. Mm-hmm. They didn't like the screenplay, <laughs> and so nineteen eighty eight rolls around. There's a Writers Guild of America strike. The writers are striking. That means no writer will go work for a studio. Okay. Now, a lot of people would think, well, why would that matter? You've already got the screenplay. Well, that's not how you make a movie. You have a screenplay, but then practical things have to happen and things have to be rewritten to make the script shootable. Sure, yeah. And to make everything, make sure everything makes sense. Uh, they decided to make Pet Cemetery because the script was already written, but that also meant that no one could do any rewrites on it. Oh, so it was just like basically as first, is. first draft as, as is. is. Yeah, the director can make oh. choices about it. She could do some changes on set, yeah. but other than that, you just got this script. Kind of stuck with it. Yeah, and even even Stephen King couldn't do anything about it because he was a part of the Writers Guild, so mm. he couldn't. Oh, okay. He couldn't Shit. come along and fix his own script. So you have a book that nobody wanted turned into a screenplay that nobody wanted turned into a movie because they had to <laughs> recipe for success yep <laughs> wow and you can tell how much confidence they had in it because they d- got a director of music videos well here's the thing is that not to say that she was a bad director i think she did good with it yeah the director's yeah. fine in mm-hmm. this yeah i think it's fine although it is interesting to note that yeah i mean originally George Romero was yeah he wanted to do it. To direct yeah. Do you know who was originally enlisted to play Lewis? No, fucking Bruce Campbell. What? Yes, there is an alternate reality where George oh. Romero directed a Bruce Campbell. I would have made it hard to take star. serious. I know, and it would have been fine. It would have been though. It would have been a fun movie. Hell yeah! Like Bruce I was Campbell be versus so that cat. on board with it. Yeah. Oh man, like wrestling around <laughs> yeah, with little gauge and stuff. Yeah. I can see it now in my yeah. mind's eye, and it's a ten. Yeah. That sounds awesome. great. Yeah, I do find it kind of odd that nobody was that interested in making this book into a movie, or even well, in getting the book. The book is actually pretty damn good. Yeah, well, I've heard that. I've heard that. And well, okay. I think, I think double, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I, I think Doubleday maybe had some because like Stephen King was getting real big by this point. And this sure. was eighty two or eighty three that yeah. Pet Cemetery finally came out. So this was like seventy nine, eighty. Uh, he was getting real big. I think maybe they had some issues. Cujo, he was shining. Gonna, he was going to be demanding more money if they printed it or whatever. Right. Uh, but also, yeah, the reason why nobody wanted to make the movie is everybody thought the Stephen King period had passed. Like, oh wow! That all the just a Stephen, phase. Yeah, because like you know, Carrie had already been made. Yeah. And the Shining and Cujo, uh, Cujo and and Christine, Christine, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, in the the it thing was coming out the next year after this came out okay. so like this kind of brought him back again because this movie made a lot of money sure i mean it wasn't up against stiff competition because as i said in 1988 the writers were all striking yeah so <laughs> there weren't a lot of great movies coming out but um it definitely like there were issues as to why it didn't get made and then finally did get made but i just feel like if stephen king and, and the studio could have worked more on the screenplay. Yeah. This could have been a real great movie. Because uh, I, I, I think agree. Mary Lambert pretty much nails exactly the feeling you want with the family and the creepy scenes. Like, she gets a good juxtaposition of, like, happy, normal moments between a family 
and then real fucked up moments like you know sure. the Zelda moment or Gage killing his mom or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, she did a great job with that, and then the acting in this is great. It's just in the end the story just doesn't fucking work at all. Well, and part of the thing is, is with all those moments, you know, between, like you said, the the normal idyllic family stuff and yeah. the horrific stuff, it would have been a lot more effective if any of the characters were likable in our main family. That's I wanna, a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I want to kind of give a, a rundown yeah. of the characters in this, and uh, let's maybe just kind of chat about them a little bit, and I also want to maybe just feature some very memorable lines from each character as much <laughs> okay. as I can. We've got our main man here, Lewis Creed. Did he have a memorable line? <laughs> I think that he was on like Quaaludes the entire movie. I was going to say, was his memorable line, huh? I think my favorite line of his is when he's dealing with church at the end of the movie. And uh-huh. he says, today is Thanksgiving Day for cats, but only if they came back from the dead. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Okay, so if you're a cat that didn't come back from the dead, it is not, not Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. And he's feeding it a pork chop. Yeah, we the all fuck does know mean? the tale of cat Thanksgiving. Yeah. A, a large army of cats came back from the dead. Ate a pork chop. Ate a pork chop yeah. and off they went back to the underworld. Yeah, makes sense, right? Yeah. Also in that same scene, I like when he says, lay down, play dead, be dead. Be dead. Yeah. Dude, it's the kind of thing where that guy, I think that guy is probably just a really fucking horrible actor but also his his lines didn't give him a whole lot to work with no, i was gonna say i think because like he 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 acted a lot i i can't think of anything else he's in he just did tv stuff if i'm yeah, not I think mistaken mostly tv stuff but like uh I, I think some of it is like he's he is a little over the top well next time uh, that you but watch it, it, it he's not got much to say no next time you watch it just imagine that he is a doctor who in his grief is like addicted to his own supply of like qua- <laughs> quaaludes and like uh, morphine and stuff. And it all suddenly makes sense because the entire movie he is just dead eyed, yeah. expressionless. And just so monotone. Seems like a serial killer, yeah, man. It's insane. Imagine this. Imagine he's, he's actually a doctor from General Hospital. Okay. And they just moved into town. And a new soap opera is starting up, Ooh. but they're the only ones who've caught on. I'll, <laughs> Everybody okay. else is like, "What the fuck?" Like, yeah. Remember when, when Denise Crosby, uh, Rachel, is in the plane and she like wakes up and she's like, "Oh God!" And the lady next to her just has this weird look. Like, what like, the hell? What the fuck? <laughs> it's like everybody else is reacting like normal people would, and they're all overacting. Yeah, yeah, hyper yeah. overacting. Yeah. yeah, he's uh he's pretty terrible very unlikable i don't really give that much of a shit about him in the movie yeah like i mean the i mean there are two people that i really care about in this movie and not because of their great personalities in the movie because they seem likable and that's judd and missy dandridge yeah yeah those are easily the best yeah and they're also the best performances in the movie for sure without a doubt yeah yeah rachel the uh the mother the wife of this movie tasha yar she seems extremely unlikable and cold and there's nothing to her character at all Uh, well she doesn't have an arc at all no she goes from a mother who had a child to a mother who was killed by her child like there's no real Like, and the only reason she's killed by him is because she's just like, oh, my kid. 
Yeah. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no, like what should have happened is like maybe she could have been a little cold and distant from Gage. And then when she sees him at, come back from life, she becomes more warm and he kills her. Or uh, maybe she uh, is very warm to him. And then she sees him come back from life. She attacks him. Mm-hmm. Like if there had been some change in her, some like she goes through something because she goes through a ton of crazy shit. Yeah. Uh, she co- should come out the other side different. She's but exactly the she's same. She's exactly the, the same at the end. Yeah. yeah. My most memorable line by her is when she's in the kitchen with uh, uh, Lewis and the kids. Mm-hmm. And she says, don't shilly shally now, don't Lewis. Don't shilly shally. shally. That is not how That's anyone not a word. speaks. No. Nobody's ever said that. What's with all this shilly shally? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Is she a southern gentleman? I don't know. Where did this come from? Yeah, I have no idea like what dialect or You're anything acting like quite from. a carpetbagger, Lewis. <laughs> You're one of those Norman carpetbaggers. <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand. She was just very unlikable and useless. In the yeah. book, she's also pretty unlikable. Well, and yeah, we've talked about Stephen King's female character issues. Yeah, in the past. yeah. not 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 often useful or likable. Yeah, it's strange. Ellie, the daughter in this, I just found really fucking annoying. Yeah, she's not. I mean, because like. I wanted to we, like her. We've also talked about Stephen King's children dialogue and how <laughs> children don't talk the way Stephen yeah, King that's thinks how kids they sound. talk. Sure. Yeah, she uh, like what was I got the nuts cut thing. Yeah, I got like that would be something a child would repeat. But when Gage let go of the kite, <laughs> what did she call him? What was she it? called him a numb shit, shit. Uh, not a dumb she, shit. Yeah, and she a looked numb shit. angry about she it. did. You She's like, numb, numb shit. shit. <laughs> it's like super pissed. What the fuck? He just let go. It's just over there. He's, he's a just toddler. Grab it. He's, he's a literally toddler. a toddler. Yeah. Like he's still pooping his pants. And everyone just laughs. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, I get it. Every time a kid cuss, cusses, it is funny. It's pretty but, funny. Um, but yeah, that was it. She doesn't have much going on. She's, I mean, she's a cute little girl. Like they should have traded in on that. Like she has a few cute little girl scenes, but then most of it is just like. This is something Stephen King wanted a character to say and gave it to a kid. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he wanted to be able to question death and why we die. But if an adult says it, everybody would be like, "What? Have you figured this out yet?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, she seems to have like shining light powers. Where she, she does. She seems yeah. to have dreams and premonitions about stuff that are like dead on balls accurate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But. It just seems like, especially with all that stuff with the family seeming to having th- the shine ability, all the Pascal stuff just could have been nuked. It's like, they don't yeah. need Pascal telling him shit. Yeah, they if the they can shine. shine. Yeah, <laughs> like, if she could tell that she has these dreams where, you know, her dad yeah. and, and Gage are, are doing whatever, like, she knows that. She doesn't need, Mm-mm. as she calls him, Pascal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she doesn't need him there. What about Little Gage, played by Miko Hughes, who you just... Popped my damn bubble. I'm not sorry. the son of the John Hughes, but a John Hughes. Yeah, not 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 the the full on John Hughes, but a John Hughes that still a partial works in John, Hollywood. A partial John Hughes. Partial John. Yeah, that's partial, what they call him. <laughs> I think partial John sounds like a, a Primus song. <laughs> it does. <You> know? <laughs> it, it would have like I, I feel like it would have a real janky baseline. I'm pretty sure it. that yeah. it would. I'm pretty yeah. sure that it would. <laughs> Yeah, Gage in this movie, I guess he's just basically there to be cute and uh, ADR and hate the cat. I wonder if that was real. Yeah, because when he threw that piece of cauliflower at the cat, I was like, I don't like. 
Because the scripted? timing would have been too perfect for a little kid to get that. Yeah. Because, like, they both say their lines, and then he throws... Like, he just goes, church, and throws the thing at the cat. Yeah. Like, it just seemed like they probably were just standing there like, fuck, um... <laughs> what do we Act do? Act normal. Yeah. He's playing the scene. He's supposed to hate the cat. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody hates... But, the, I mean, this is a Stephen King thing. Everybody hates every pet in every Stephen King movie. Seems to be kind of Or every Stephen King book as well. Yeah, yeah. But, like... All, everybody like the way they treat pets it's like uh, i got this fucking dog or goddamn <laughs> cat i got a fucking cat i got this pet because i like being angry i'm mad at something yeah i got something to be mad about but then he does that's what he calls his dog the thing of evil like that <laughs> that if you follow him on instagram he shows pictures of his cute dog all the time but he calls it the thing of evil and it's like i get that that's sort of your shtick but like do you hate pets well we kind of get the idea that stephen king you know he just writes about what he knows he he does he writes exactly about what he knows see the world around you he moved to a city in maine that had a pet cemetery and one time his son was walking toward the road and he had the fear uh, rod. Would, the rod thank you and he had the fear that his son would get hit and he was like i'll write that book and here's how stephen king and i are different because I would have done the same thing, probably. I would have been like, oh, Pet Symphony. That's really that interesting. Book. Go write that book. You know what I wouldn't do? I'd never end up writing that book. You know what he does? He writes the fucking book, then he thinks about whether or not he should. Yeah. It's he's he's a shoot first and ask questions later. Yeah. Kind of guy. And by then, 800 million people have bought the book, and he's made a ton of money. So, yeah, and so if he you goes, tell him I guess I should have done it. Yeah, if you tell <laughs> him it's not so great, he's like, okay, which one is that again? <laughs> what the fuck does it matter? Yeah, really. I release a million books i have a lot of money from doing it it's great you should stop thinking so much about it and just fucking do it yeah like, right 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 i think yeah stephen king other than being i mean he is genuinely a master of horror other yeah, than of that it's also a master of just fucking working cranking it out yeah. and not questioning yeah like i mean sure you might sometimes come up with some mishmash ideas but a lot of times they're still gonna work <laughs> yeah really no yeah. doubt man it'll latch on with somebody out yep. there Gage's most memorable lines, I like all of his ADR'd, uh-oh. Uh-huh. Which is in the movie uh-huh. like a million times. Yeah. And also like too, like later on in the movie, when they just keep playing that same line of him being like, now I want to play with you. Because that's like Cartman. Yes. Well, I think they do the Cartman. I think they do Cartman to be like Gage. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure they do that. That's when he awesome. does that like, yeah. Now I want to play with you. I want to play with you, mommy. Yeah. Now I want to play with you. <laughs> yeah. What about the uh, the in-laws? So in the book, you get this whole big story about why the in-laws don't like Lewis. But you in the movie, that. it's just like, ah, they hate him because reasons. Yeah, they don't think he's good enough. Yeah, like you would need that. That's, again, why you would have to cut all those side stories because you need so much backstory to care about it. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Why don't get they like him? Match. I mean, maybe you could come up with one line to explain why they don't like him. But oh, even I'll tell you the- what. There's one line, Let's all right. There's one line, all right, and it's the greatest line in the entire movie, and it's delivered by the mother-in-law. He probably went out for a hamburger or a chicken dinner. You know how men are yeah. when they're alone. We love our fucking chicken dinners. <laughs> a hamburger or a chicken a dinner. chicken dinner. I go out. I just go missing and go out for a chicken dinner hey, all by myself all the I time. Wa- I walk into the first cafe I see. I open the door like I've been there a million times. I yep. slam it open. I say, I'll have a chicken dinner. Yep. At my I usual table. I sit down at the table and I say, this is mine. 
Dude, next time I'm like, I yeah, go into a restaurant. Just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> if I go into a restaurant and I see like maybe a guy all alone sitting there eating a chicken dinner, I'm just gonna go back over to him and be like, man, you need to go back to your family, dude. You really do, man. Like go they're, they're going through a lot of tough stuff. You know how men are. <laughs> okay, so that is one of the themes of this is men's secrets. Yeah, yeah. Men and and uh, like uh, I watched the. There's a documentary about this called like uh, I can't uncover un, unburying the unearthed. the thing unearthing the the bury unearthed and untold is what okay. it's called. We we nailed it. We totally did. Um and and Stephen King mentions that that this is some of this is about like men's secrets and so does uh, yeah. Mary Lambert. She talks about how you know that men's secrets uh, men and women have different types of secrets. Now we get that from Judd, but like. Kind of what she means is that um, with men's secrets, it's like conspiratorial. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with women's secrets, it's confessional. Sure, so yeah. So women are talking to each other to feel together. Right. And men are talking secretly to each other to hide something they've done. Or to keep controlling a or situation. Or to keep control, yeah. To, keep, to maintain control yeah. and to, to be the one who decides who knows what. And it's definitely, a, uh, it's in the book for sure, too. Yeah. That's a very huge theme in the book. And it's yeah, actually delivered that. quite well yeah. in the book. Yeah, the differences between the way men keep secrets and women keep mm-hmm. secrets. I think it's definitely a thing in this. It just doesn't, it, again, like... He doesn't need to be cut out of this, but I I, th- I wish I'd seen more of that theme, like a yeah. little bit more, push that more, get the Pascal out, etc. But talk more about the secrets and talk more about like how this has affected right these individuals. Like yeah, there's a lot more about that in the book. Yeah, tons and tons and tons more. Which again, <laughs> I I'm excited for the remake because I believe that they're like even with this movie that I don't like. Uh, there's still a good story about a family uh, broken and, and needing to be close to each other, but doing the exact opposite Yeah, and how it leads to their downfall. Like, that's a cool story. I'd like to see that done well. Hopefully they do it well. Hopefully they do. I think they will. Now, Judd is the only really appealing character in yeah. the movie. Old yeah. Fred Gwynn. Fred Gwynn's Herman great. Monster. He's lovable immediately. You hear his voice. You're just like, that, that's everybody's grandfather. I want to go down that road. Yeah. I want to have a beer Like I want to have a beer with Judd out yeah, on the porch exactly. late at night. That'd be fun. Sit yeah. there and drink a Budweiser. He could tell you all about the rod. I ah, dude, I would love to. I would yeah. love nothing more than to watch traffic and yeah. drink a butt wiper with old yeah. Judd. That'd be okay by me. Yeah, he's the only like really charismatic character. Yeah. And here's some trivia for you. Tell me. Whenever he meets his demise at the end of the movie, yeah, and a uh, little gauge cuts his face open, that's actually where they got the inspiration for Heath Ledger's Joker. You want to know how he, you all know how I got these scars? <laughs> I bet that was that was Heath Ledger's original. Like he came in, yeah, and he was like, "I've got a whole backstory for him. He's from Maine. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna do it right now. Yeah, yeah. You want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> Don't go down that road. Don't go down that road. How I got these scars? He said it like real sinister. Yeah. Don't go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, this is a cool idea that it scars with the Joker face, but maybe you could just change the delivery. I don't know. I'll think about it. I'll, think about <laughs> I'll consider it. it. Let me go do a lot more drugs in my hotel. Oh, <laughs> all over one of those Olsen twins. <laughs> <laughs> Judd is awesome though, and he is seriously. Matt Gage is pretty likable, I guess. Uh, but Judd's really the only character that you really kind of care yeah, about. He really, and and the thing is that you like just. The way the story plays out, 
the story seems to indicate that he's an alcoholic who does things impulsively that hurt other people. Yeah. And, and maybe he's even but, kind of passing on this whole pet cemetery right. thing because he did it himself and he has to share his grief with others right. or something like that. I don't know. Don't but ask it, me questions. None of that plays. None of Not that really. plays because yeah. you just immediately like Fred Glenn and you're like, I don't care. I, I get that he led to the destruction of this entire family by showing this man this mystical place that he should have never known about. Right. But I don't blame him. <laughs> he did make me want to figure out how I can light a match off of my thumb. Yeah, I've... He like, does it like it ain't no thing. In the docu- like, I thought, like, is that just some sort of weird trick? In the documentary, it just showed him doing it behind the scenes. Like, that was just a thing he did. Fly him on. <laughs> what is he? The human torch? What are these? Because, like, I remember seeing these in movies all the time where somebody just, like, strikes a match Off on the their shoe or something. And stuff. Yeah, like, I know. What match is that? I've never found those matches. It's a very sensitive match or a very abrasive boot. Oh, okay. You don't want that guy walking on your floors. <laughs> I just had these things fucking polished. You dick. Here comes this asshole. Just stomping all around. <laughs> Yeah, Judd was awesome. Yeah. Pa- Pascal, how about this guy? Um, well, we really don't What's know do? anything about him except that he's a ghost. Like, he's a force ghost. A ghost. He's a ghost. ghost. And that- he knows everything, Okay, apparently. so here's the thing. And, and in the book, like I said, it really deals a lot more with, again, those secrets that, that people keep and yeah. the soil of a man's heart and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So... In the book, and again, this is one of those things we'll talk about later when we talk about the logic or unclear rules of how things work in this movie. Right. Whenever somebody would come back from the dead, you know, like either uh, Pascal in his ghost form or we have uh, Tommy Baderman or whatever. Yeah, Timmy oh, Baderman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the guy who came back from World War Two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like whenever that guy came back in the book, he came back with these like secrets of the afterlife where... Apparently, uh-huh. when you go to the next world, like you learn everybody's secrets. Oh, okay. So it's like really fucked up. So you'd have these people that would show back up from the grave, and they'd be all weird and mysterious and mm-hmm. shit. And it's because they knew everything about everything. Okay. Which is really very creepy the way that it's played odd. out in the book. Yeah. So in the movie, that's never really explained even no, remotely. not even kind of. So it's just like, you know, he comes back and he knows Lewis's name. He's like, you know my name. Mm-hmm. And that's never really explained why. But it's he also, also says a thing that is said in the future. As yeah. As though he knows the future. Yeah, he's like, the soil of a man's heart is stonier. He seems yeah. to know the future and the events and stuff yeah. that are going to happen. But then also seems to kind of make them happen. Yes, yeah, he makes sure they occur. And his whole mod- motivation is, you tried to help me live, so I'm going to try to help you live. And it's like, he got hit by a fucking truck. Yeah. Lewis, like, put an oxygen mask or something on him and, and did, like, one heart palpitation. Is like, I guess he's toast. Yeah. And then talks to the corpse like a psychopath. Yeah, that <laughs> was a strange one. He, he didn't also, work too hard. What I was really confused by was while he's talking to the corpse and then the corpse comes back to life, he says, how did you know my name? Yeah. Not... How did you come back to life? 
<laughs> that does kind of seem like that would be the first thing yeah, that you would be say. Number is like, one, number how the one. fuck are you alive? Your brain is out. Pause for a second. Also, how are wait, you alive? Wait, did you just say my name? That's also strange. <laughs> but let's get to the first thing first. Yeah. See, I kind of think that they're trying to play Pascal in this sort of like the dead friend in American Werewolf in London. Yes, that is exactly because like they kept doing some scenes that looked almost like they were supposed to be comedic. But yeah, then it's just yeah, I know. Lame. Yeah, like in American Werewolf, like the scenes yeah. with the corpse guy are like hilarious yeah. yeah they're hilarious and comedic yeah. and weird and grotesque and uh really just a really important part of that movie that i love yeah but in this it's like pascal is just kind of back for reasons yeah. i guess like he has no connection with lewis whatsoever yeah. well in an american wolf it kind of works because you're also like is this guy just going crazy like is there really right. a ghost or is and he that's going what nuts? I, that's what i was saying is that this pascal would work if he really was just in his head, like yeah. where he was, like he's going crazy because all of this is happening, and he's thinking of reasons why he shouldn't yeah. dig up but his he son. Interacts and with he everybody. Sees Pascal, but no, Pascal. Yeah, he talks to his daughter, he talks to his wife, talks to the lady at the ticket counter. Like he's always got something to say to somebody. Yeah, exactly. I just crazy. don't really understand what his purpose is. Why he came back to life as a ghost? He wasn't buried in the burial ground or anything. No unrelated i don't really get it yeah i just don't really understand what about old missy dan damdridge missy damdridge missy dandridge is great like she's actually a pretty good actress she's a great actress i i I love her um the thing i think i saw her first in was an episode of x files where she is uh, a witch in a coven who basically takes down all the other witches but okay um she's so good and she does the main accent she and Judd are the only two that do the main accent and she does it well like she doesn't even say road I don't think no. not even once yeah um but she's completely she's pointless. like there's she's no not, reason for her to be in the movie like okay one could argue well then you know what's Ellie gonna say when she says nuts cut she could just say she heard it at school I heard it on the TV or I heard it on TV yeah you don't need Miss, Missy uh, whatever Dandridge, Dandridge. Yeah. why do I keep forgetting the name Dandridge <laughs> I know the name of the city <laughs> my high school was um, so Missy Dandridge like she her only real like purpose is to give those two phrases to Ellie yeah and then to kill herself so there's a funeral so that they can talk about the cat at a funeral I guess but you could have just had the cat conversation somewhere else. On Judd's porch or whatever. And then Judd, of course, mi- mentions Missy Dandridge in the flashback about the Timmy guy or Tommy. Yeah, yeah. But, like, that that could have been anybody. You don't even need a name for that no. character. Like, there, she's really... She is superfluous, though definitely one of the best performances in the movie. So I know, right? I can see why you would want to show it and and uh, i think the scene where she hangs herself was very affecting yeah but has nothing to do with the pet cemetery it really reminded me how much time of my life i wasted learning cursive <laughs> for real yeah fuck cursive i okay, gave up on it immediately cursive. um i think the last time we were required to write in cursive was yeah. in middle school and as soon as i started high school i gave up on it and i don't think i know how to do a cursive z it, if it, I were sucks. called upon to do it, yeah, actually, like you know what? That I would have a hard time. <laughs> yeah, now that you mentioned it first, I was like, yeah, no, wait, yeah, no, I really don't remember. I, I will say that cursive actually did uh, have some 
benefit later when I was in grad school and I would be reading like people's old journals and letters. Yeah. If I didn't know cursive, I would have been fucked. Man, it's like I know cursive and <laughs> I'm still fucked. But that's the only reason to know curse. <laughs> it's horrible. It's like, okay, it's a way of loopy writing where everything sticks together and also you have free reign to do it however you want. Yeah, anybody can just figure it out. My mom, lifelong, has been one of those people that just like mixes cursive and print. Yeah. Seemingly at random. Yeah. And I'm always just like, Mom, I don't know what the fuck this says. <laughs> it's like a it's like a, a, a ransom note yeah. where it's all the different fonts cut out of a yeah. magazine. It's like, what the fuck does this mean? Yeah. Everybody does cursive different. And you're supposed to be able to understand that? Are you kidding me? I would say... Uh, because I write in print and I write constantly like longhand, yeah. I like if I'm going to write a story or something, I write it longhand before I type it. Hmm. Uh, that's just something I do. It uh, enables me to edit once yeah. before I even get going. It's the edit from the, the page to the computer screen. But um, I, when I'm writing real fast, when I'm like having a whole bunch of ideas, most of my words will be the first two letters in a line. Like, hmm. and I can go back and read it. I know, like, from context what I meant. But oh, it's, yeah. It's, I, I do that in my notes for the yeah. show and stuff, too. Or it's like, if somebody else is reading this, they wouldn't fucking get yeah. it. Yeah. But I remember what I meant when I wrote so it. So I get cursive, like, that faster way, maybe, of, of getting but stuff out. But you can't out. communicate that to other fucking people. No, you can't. Not at all. <laughs> all right, Steve, what about <laughs> Zelda? went off on cursive. Fuck cursive. Fuck cursive. Yeah. <laughs> How about Zelda in this movie? Um... Real creepy, real genuinely good, creepy, weird look. I know. She looked exactly like the Wayans Brothers and White Girls. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Really, really. I looked a lot like white chicks. Yeah. The, was it white girls or white chicks? What white it chicks. Yeah, um, it looked like that. And I don't remember much about that movie, but. But they looked like that. They did look like that. And there is a line where. Uh, somebody is trying to come into their hotel room when they're not in their white chick costumes and i believe i don't remember which way it's marlin i'll say marlin okay says we're braiding our vaginas and <laughs> that's that, a joke that, yeah that hit me just right <laughs> braiding vagina what killed how it. what <laughs> killed it yeah um yeah they do um so zelda this highly is, integral to the story not at all. Yeah, extremely not at all. Like this movie, um, and, and I feel like we'll get some pushback uh, from from my hatred of it because people really do people love, love this movie. This they movie, do. Yeah. and they love the Zelda parts in particular because they're, they're fucking really freaky cre- as hell. They're really creepy. They are. It's it's undeniably whether uh-huh. you like the movie or not, the Zelda stuff is freaky yep. as fuck. And um, and and I still think the Zelda stuff could work. It, with a different script just with this script and yeah. since they couldn't rewrite it there was no way it was going to work they should have just cut it yeah um but i did think because i was really thinking about this just like how could this movie have been saved and still have the stuff that people really loved about it yeah judd gage and yeah. zelda and- um so if this movie had been creep show 2 if okay. all of those stories were individual anthology stories, okay, based in this town in, in this Maine, town, yeah, and you could like, just call it Pet Cemetery. But Pet Cemetery is like uh, well, Graveyard Shift was a is an anthology, right? Yeah, I think. 
not possible in that. Anyway, it would just be an anthology named Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery is sort of a, a central theme, but all the different stories could be separate. Yeah. And it would still be as creepy, as freaky, and you'd still get all the same stories. It's just you don't have to pretend they're connected. Okay, that works. That works. Yeah. That works. And it, you know, I mean, it's not, th- this movie's not overly long, so, like, you could easily do that. I mean, the original edit apparently was closer to two hours. Oh, wow. Um, and I wonder what was in that and if it would have yeah, made really. it yeah. make more sense. Like, did she have more of the connecting material? Because a lot of that stuff is what gets cut by studios when they think a movie's too long. Right. Is they'll cut out connecting material. Like, who needs exposition? <laughs> People? People? Yeah. People usually do? Yeah. The fact that they got a guy to play Zelda uh-huh. yeah. made it just weirder and kind of more yeah. off. And yeah. even like the scenes later where Rachel's in the house and like the you know the, the figure of Zelda appears mm. and it's kind of shuffling around wearing that, that yeah. sort of gown. It honestly really makes me think that that's a lot of what they got the inspiration for the witch and the conjuring from is this. Oh. Like it's really, really okay. similar to me. Yeah. You know? And yeah, just the whole like never get out of bed again thing. and That's a creepy fucking line. The way that that isn't at all how spinal meningitis uh, no, affects a person not. at it's all. It's not. You don't get jaundice from spinal meningitis. Yeah. It does It does cause your, your spine to contort, but a lot of that wouldn't be visible. Yeah. And so when they're the trying to make it visible, it's stuff. like, that's just not how that works. I think part of why that scene is so effective for me and it's still one of those things, honestly, that I kind of carry around to this day. I am so like grossly uncomfortable, uh, uh, like by being around really sick people, especially oh, okay. as a kid. Like, well, when, yeah, I think, yeah, as a kid, I would agree. I was the same way. You know, yeah. It's like when it's like, oh, we need to go see your pet pep in the hospital or whatever. I don't want to. Yeah, and he's <laughs> yeah. like hacking and coughing, yeah. and you're like, I think he's about to die. Right. I don't want to see that. Like yeah. being around really sick people as a child and as an adult is just uh-huh. really uncomfortable. I felt for that me. way as a child, and then I think which I is think. which I'll back up is a dickhead, immature thing. It's probably more uncomfortable for them to be like, I might die. Oh yeah, I'm sure they're probably having less fun time than you. Yeah, are. yeah. But I'm a self-centered shit, so this I, is where I look at. Like I had that feeling about hospitals when I was real little, and then I remember I think I was eight, and my mom yeah. had to go in for a surgery, yeah, yeah. and then she came out fine. And then a little bit later, my grandfather had to go in for surgery, and then came out fine. Yeah. And then it just became to me that like a hospital is just a place you go get better. Yeah. So I I don't have that same feeling, but if I I do know how awkward that is, and just like really imagining Rachel's life as a child having to deal with that day in and day out. Yeah. Because your parents keep her locked away as a secret and make you feed her. Yeah, that's fucked like, up. Like, make you have to constantly confront it instead of them doing it. Like, And also, all the kids in your neighborhood are like weird goon kids. Wait, what Did was you see that? those kids? I was like, uh, they were from the neighborhood? Yeah. I was the like, fuck? are those brothers and sisters? Who are these fuckers in her house? Yeah. Like, I know. Goofy looking weird kids. They looked really weird. They did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wondered if I was the only one that noticed that, where it's like she runs down the stairs. Yeah. She's like, Zelda's dead. Yeah. It's like all these, like, the hills have eyes looking fucking kids yeah. down there. <laughs> Actually, I um, I will oh, say. Ma- maybe it's one of those things kind of like in the, uh, 
is it in the Adams family or the monsters where like she's the weird one because everybody else is the such mon- a weird uh, fucked up the monsters yeah. yeah maybe and it's like Fred that. wins in this so yeah, yeah it's probably that <laughs> it's in the monster verse yeah um <laughs> so that that when she's telling that story when Denise Crosby as Rachel is telling yeah. that story she does really well. Yeah, she does. Yeah, and that's like, a, that's a really that's fucked up only, story. Yeah, and that's like the only time she gets to really shine. And it's like, oh yeah, Denise Crosby's a great actress. Yeah. So why are why are all of her lines so flat and like not interesting? Like, right. Yeah. Give her something to do. Give her something to do. Yeah. But yeah, that whole message is as far as like her being, she wasn't crying because she was sad. She was crying because she was laughing. Yeah. Because she was just glad this she was, was so over happy. with. And yeah. you feel guilty about it. Like that's a really. Deeply. That's a deep feeling, yeah. Yeah, and That's I think that pe- stuff. a lot of people have been there in one form or another. Mm-hmm. And it's a very fucked up side of feeling humanity. Feeling relief at someone else's death is something I think a l- most adults at some point have to address. Yeah, well, and it's also it's that, that like, selfish relief where it's yeah, like, selfish relief. I don't have to deal with this anymore. I, I'll yeah. tell you right now, if you're out there feeling selfish relief about someone else's death, unless you killed them. <laughs> just stop berating yourself about yeah, it. Yeah, sure. It's okay. Yeah, so like yeah. you keep living. You have a day-to-day life. Yeah. The person's gone now. Yeah. It's fine. You're okay. Yep. Um so yeah, those are the main characters and then of course we got some side people that show up for like one scene but Yeah, pretty much. One one character that was missing is the Wendigo. Right, the Wendigo. Okay, so yeah, that is like the main idea that Stephen King was sort of working off of, right? Yeah, the old mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of Native American folklore yeah. tale of the Wendigo, which was this creature of the woods that had like a stag's head yeah. and, and all this kind of stuff and had dominion over life and death in the forest right. realms. And it, it was associated with uh, with murder, cannibalism, and greed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, basically it was established as like a taboo. Like this is the creature you will become if you are... A cannibal in the winter because mm-hmm. this this comes from the northeast in the in lower uh, southeast Canada ah. Canada Canada it's yeah. called uh, I think it's an Algonquin thing but anyway oh, okay. it comes from up there and so in the winters you either you know had harvested enough food to eat or you hoped to hunt something or you just died and right. so people would turn to cannibalism and the idea of the Wendigo is sort of a offshoot or sort of springs out of that mm. like cautionary tale yeah cautionary tale that you okay. could become like this in the winter so you have to be vigilant to yeah. not become this thing and in the book it's really presented that the wendigo is this kind of like ever-present thing that's like fucking with these people's heads and making them see like you remember later on in the movie when they go into judd's house and it's that weird like swamp yeah it suddenly it's, which was awesome looking yeah it looks it great, great. Yeah, that's, like one of the best set designs of of a horror movie in the eighties. Like, it looks awesome because like you just don't get that in eighties horror movies a yeah. lot, where they go for the set looking so demented and weird, and it, right. it does. It looks swampy. It looks mossy. Yeah, well, which like, was also like the coolest part of Salem's Lot is like inside of yes. that mansion. It looks so sick. It did yeah. easily the best part of that movie. Yeah. So in the in the book, the Wendigo is a much more ever present thing, and it looks like. They're pulling some of that into the remake. I noticed in the in the trailers to the remake, it actually yeah. shows like in some journals or books or something the Wendigo. Yeah, which again is this kind of forest spirit that's sort of making all this happen and bringing creatures back to life if they're buried in this burial ground and stuff like this. Well, so, but Ben, don't you know about this new one? It's it's man hating. 
Oh, it's a man-hate movie? It's a man-hating movie. Damn it. Yeah, because they replaced Gage with the little girl. That's the deal? Yeah. That explains it. Oh my gosh, it must hate men. <laughs> a woman with a prominent role in a movie? Are people Boy, actu- caught it. Are people actually saying that? Yeah. What no. the fuck? I, I, I don't know. If I'm sure someone is. Actually, uh, well, yeah, yeah, definitely somebody, somebody is. That, is. that is definitely happening for oh sure. Oh my but, god, dude. Uh, but yeah, that, uh, that's, that is one of the things, though, that... Uh, people have been addressing leading up to this is that they're worried that there are going to be too many changes from the original. Yeah. And then I thought, like, how close is the original to the book? There's a lot that's different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I read the book probably about four or five years ago. It was actually my beach read. Oh, yeah. I was down in Destin, Florida, <laughs> reading it <laughs> on the beach. beach. Read about some children dying. Yeah. No big deal. Like you do. Living my best life. <laughs> and I read the book down there and it's actually pretty good. Yeah, I've heard that. It's long. I mean, it's mm-hmm. definitely one of those ones that could use some hacking down. There's yeah. some irrelevant plot lines and stuff like that going on in the book. But overall, pretty good. One of Stephen King's better endings. We, oh, we know okay. he usually really wrestles with coming in well, clutch on that ending, you know? Spoiler alert. Go ahead. How does the book end? Pretty similar. Okay. Here's okay. So my edit of the movie. I'm gonna go ahead and ruin it for you since you know exactly everything that happens in the movie that I edited. Okay. Uh, my edit of the movie is as he's he's walking toward Pet Cemetery with his wife. I uh, left the montage of pictures, but added in the the final line with Judd saying mm-hmm. the sometimes dad is better. Sometimes dad is better. Yeah. Um. I just added that and then fade to black. Like to me, that would have been the perfect ending. Where it's like, he didn't learn his lesson. Yeah. We don't need her to then come back to life and kill him. But if we're going to get that, like, it should mean something more than just a kill at the end of a horror movie. Like, yeah. There should be m- more to it than that. Yeah. The the book doesn't end as on the nose as the movie. Like, the movie ends with, yeah, they, they do that that, gr- that kiss, which is so gross. Yeah. It's just real gross. So, she's all super gross, leaky and oozy, yeah. and like she like grabs that knife and stuff, and then you hear him scream. It's like it's very like okay, uh, so I know exactly what fucking happened. Yeah. The book is a little bit more open, where he just kind of like hears her feet hit the floor. Or okay, whatever. so yeah, that was one of the ones that that was the one they were thinking of shooting, and the other idea they had was her. Um, she, uh, it just shows her back, like suddenly in the kitchen on the phone okay and she's talking to ellie and she's like yeah your dad's around here somewhere and then like uh can't wait to have the whole family back together and she turns around and half of her face is missing okay so we it's like uh sort of sets up the idea that you know she has killed the the husband and is going to kill the daughter mm-hmm. without showing it i think that's also a good that's fine ending. yeah it's okay I, I think this one's a little over the top but it's also it's not a bad ending. Well, here's the thing that makes that not work is because a lot of the rules in this are unclear. Yeah, there, no, there are no no rules clarified at all except if you bury something in that burial ground, it comes back to life. It's just like an Outback Steakhouse or maybe it's a Texas Roadhouse. No rules, just right? That's exactly That's it. That's Outback. <laughs> no rules. No rules, just right. Just right. Crikey. I love how when they say prices in Outback uh, uh, commercials. Yeah. For a while there, they started saying it the way they would say in Europe or in Australia, which is six dollars ninety nine. Six dollars ninety nine. Yeah, instead of six ninety nine, as we say things. Really? Yeah. 
onion fried bloomin'. <laughs> Is that how they do it? Yep, that's it. <laughs> It's all backwards. I don't really understand how and why the logic is of when people come back, how they come back. Yeah. Like, you bury a cat in this thing. And and it comes back the next day? And it comes back the next day-ish, but it seems to only be mean to you. Yeah. Seemed fine with everybody else. Yeah, like, that thing, like, scratches the shit out of Lewis several times. I mean, it did stink of the earth it was buried in. It did. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, it didn't... It never Strange. seemed to be that mean to yeah. the kids or to the mom or anything yeah. like that. It was fine. Also, like, whenever that dog was buried, whenever Judd's dog mm-hmm. was buried up there, it came back. It was, like, savage and mean and, like, yeah. hated everybody. And then died in it peacefully in its sleep that night. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah, I thought that that was a lie he was telling, that he had to kill his dog, but didn't want to say. Okay. Yeah. But, yes, that doesn't make any sense. How come... Like, Gage is buried and comes back as pretty much just a toddler. Yeah. But then, like, Timmy Baderman is buried. He comes back and he's like, fire, bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hate living. Hate living. Like, he comes back as like a Frankenstein. Yeah. And he's walking what? like a zombie. Yeah. It's crazy. Full on zombie. I guess maybe it does have to do with how... Um, how fresh they are. I how think dead Lu- girl is. Yeah, I think uh, I think Lewis was right when he was talking about how maybe it'll work with his wife because she's fresh. I think it is like the, the longer they've been dead, the more deranged they're going to be. But they're going to be evil no matter what. Like nothing's yeah. going to change that. So Yeah. And uh, yeah, the Pascal stuff, again, I don't really understand why he came back the way they did. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really get any of that. But I am stoked that the Ramones are on the soundtrack. <laughs> the Ramones. Yeah, well, Stephen King is a big Ramones fan. Yeah. And um, he had given, uh, he knew the movie was coming out. He, he did try to help this movie as best he could without breaking the strike. Yeah. Um, and he's in it, of course. But he gave his book to Didi Ramone. Uh, and Didi Ramone sat down and wrote, Pet Cemetery Die. in 40 minutes. Nice. Yeah. I've ever told the Ramones story on the yes, show. Yes, you have. Who are these Ramones? <laughs> Who are these Ramones? I thought maybe they were some Latin guys. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> what do Don't you tell the s- them that. I think the rest of the soundtrack is good, too. Like, the, the oh, soundtrack, yeah, yeah. like the, the orchestral great. stuff is good. Um, I The guy who uh, who did all the other stuff, he he's done a few other things you may have heard of. I just wrote down the things that were nominated um, for awards or won awards. I did the music for Interview with a Vampire. Okay. Nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah. Music for Heat. Heat. Batman Forever. Oh. Michael Collins. I don't know if you ever saw that. It was about the nope. Irish Civil War. Never seen uh, it. It was a good book. Or a good movie. Uh, a Time to Kill. Frida. Oh, Frida. Uh-huh. And Across the Universe. Oh damn! But like, if you guys a regular tune smith, yeah, those are just the ones that he's been nominated or won awards for. Like, he's had an amazing career of movies that if you saw him, you'd be like, yeah, yes, the music in that was awesome. Yeah, the music in this is great. Yeah, it is super great. What do you think about the visual effects? There's not really oh, a ton of not a shots. lot, but they look good. They look good. Uh, I think yeah. they look real good. Like the, the Judd head. The Judd head looks awesome with the realistic battle damage. Yeah, but yeah, Zelda's. Uh, look is not accurate to spinal meningitis but she does but look it awesome. is creepy yeah. how about when it just shows what is so blatantly obviously <laughs> like a little like plastic baby doll holding a scalpel 
That's actually his hand, not his real hand, but that is a. Uh, they did a cast of his hand. It's just so obviously but a it looks still so, hand. It yeah. looks like a baby doll. Yeah, it looks so bad. Yeah, the the um, the stuff they the whenever you see uh, Rachel hanging up. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's an effect. Yeah, it was seventy. It was like a seventy pound uh, silicone cast they made of her. Looks great. Like you can't really tell that it's it's not a body. It looks like a body. And that in itself is very just shocking and grisly. It's yeah. like, could you imagine it's like real gross. you're skulking through your dead neighbor's house looking for your zombie son? Oh, there's your wife. Hun- yeah, your hung wife yeah. flops out of the attic and her corpse hits you. Like it's so unbelievably fucked up when you Speaking get down of to it. Hung wives, hey. mine. Am I right? <laughs> hung wives dating <laughs> it's my next uh hung wives i'm gonna look that up when i get home my on buddy Pornhub. My, hung bu- wives. <laughs> my buddy travis has the ultimate concept for his website he's gonna start though okay it's called christianfuckbook.com <laughs> find the one <laughs> so christianfuckbook.com the slogan is find the one the lord wants for you tonight <laughs> <laughs> for tonight. See, that's interesting because that would work because you put Christian in front of anything yeah. and the people who are like, just don't get it, but go to church. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay, right. well, that's the thing I'm supposed to use because I'm one of them. Com. I was, I'm looking for a lady to fuck tonight. ChristianFuckBook.com. I want to find the one the Lord wants me to be with for tonight. Yeah. And I don't want her to be of a different religion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing in this movie that I did not understand is whenever, I think it's towards the end of the movie, maybe whenever he's walking towards the burial ground to Barry Gage, yeah. there's like that, that face that pops out at him. That was terrible. What the fuck is that? Whose uh, face is that? That was, that was Pascal. It doesn't look like Pascal. No, it doesn't. Like, it looks I paused bad. it. It looks bad. It, it looks real like, weird. Who the fuck is that? Yeah. Because we've only ever seen Pascal with realistic battle damage. Yes. <laughs> and it shows him and it's just like I don't know who this you get, is you get that Pascal doll and you hit its head and it flips uh-huh, exactly it. right exactly <laughs> right man. Battle I didn't really get that you know one thing in this flick that I think it's ultimately kind of about and again this is this is driven home more and more in the book too there's this theme yeah yes of, of secrets and men's secrets mm-hmm. and women's secrets but I think there's also a huge theme in this about trying to protect your loved ones and stuff by not telling them the truth or not yeah. telling them the entire truth. Like in, yeah. in the movie, there's kind of stuff about death where they don't really want the kids to know about death and they think they're making their lives easier by not telling them about it right? Uh, or about cutting the cat's nuts off or whatever. Right. There's also themes in the book about like uh, uh, kids learning about sex and stuff too. Like sex and death are themes in the book where it's like yeah, you think you think you're helping kids by not telling them the truth about life and death, essentially. And that seems to be a theme in this too, where like all, yeah. all over it, like there there's things where I noticed especially several times in this, there's a couple times in the movie where Rachel will tell Lewis, like, you know, Ellie will be like, Oh, is 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 church gonna be okay? 
And Rachel be like, promise to her the cat's going to be okay. Don't shilly-shally, Lewis. Don't shilly-shally. Promise the girl that her cat will never die. Put that Ever. goddamn chicken dinner down. <laughs> <laughs> Get off the rod and talk to your daughter. <laughs> but, you know, it's like the guy's a doctor. He knows there's a chance the cat's going to die. I don't know how much of a doctor he is because later oh, he does man. say about the cat, I'm not a vet, Judd. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, cat's that, clearly dead. He's yeah, frozen you know to that the ground. Cat's neck is broken and it's frozen to the ground. Probably not. Coming likely back. dead. Yeah. yeah, likely dead. But yeah, there seems to be a theme in this where it's like he keeps making his kids promises of stuff he knows can't possibly be a hundred percent set in stone true. Mm-hmm. And he thinks he's making their lives easier for him by not telling them the truth. And but obviously he's making it far. Yeah. Worse. And I've yeah. seen so many examples of that in my life, whether it's friendships or relationships yes. or family relationships where it's like people will hide something about themselves or about the truth of an event or whatever yeah. to try to protect the people around them. Uh, and it never helps. It always makes I, things exponentially worse. I know someone worse. who was dating a woman, and they were talking about getting married. Yeah. And then she found out that he was divorced. Oh. And it's like, you got that far before you told her? Yeah, like, exactly. How, how right. Long, yeah. And how he thought, long did you think it was going to... Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Um, he probably and thought, a, oh, I'll save her from the pain of learning the truth. And it just makes it <laughs> yeah, way worse. It's going to be way worse. Yeah. Well, the truth will out, right? Yeah. Like, that's one thing I've seen over and over in my life. It's like, the truth will fucking out. Yep. Just go ahead and drop that bomb, man. Get yeah. it out. Get over it. Rip that it's, band-aid. It's easier to just, just drop all your bombs at once. Yeah. Because then it's like, all right, the city can't look any worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. But, like, there's also just the way that, um, even in the movie, the secret thing carries over. Like, when they show up at the house, it's the first time his wife has seen the house. That's something I was going to bring up. I'm so glad that you told me that. Yeah, like, I wrote that down in my notes. I was like, what the fuck? Has she never seen this house? How? How fucking mad would you be? Yeah. If your wife bought a house and moved your whole family there and you'd never fucking seen it? Never even seen it. Are you kidding? That's insane. Never in a million years would that happen. No, but it did used to happen back in the 50s and 60s all the time, I'm sure. Yeah. Men would be like, I bought this car and this house and they're ours now. And you'd (laughs) just be like, oh boy. This is my life now. My life is just whatever you want it to be, I guess. (laughs) And you tell me what I need to hear Uh, and the things I don't need to hear, I just never learn about. They must not be important. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that blew my mind, too. It's I was like, crazy, holy yeah. shit, has she seriously never seen this? Yeah, you know, ultimately, Steve, like, whenever I watched it this time, the biggest thing that I took away from it is that it, it's it's really a strange movie. It's really kind of strange because it is undeniably filled with extremely iconic stuff. Yeah. That is a part of the horror landscape. Yeah. You know, it's like, if you are a horror movie fan and don't know, don't go down that road. Yeah. Then you're completely out of touch with the whole thing. Or if you don't remember Zelda, or if you don't remember Little Gage, or, Mm. you know, any number of the things that are in this movie, it's an important piece of horror history. But at the same time, it's not really that good. It's not. It's It's odd. It's it's not even one where it's like, well, it's a classic, you need to watch it. 
Yeah. It's like, not well, really. It's, like it's every not, horror movie Stephen fan movie. knows yeah. it, but like, you could skip it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's really interesting. I can't really think of any other flick that I would say is loaded with as much memorable pop culture, icon- mm-hmm. uh, uh, iconic stuff as this, but yet isn't actually that good of a movie. Yeah. It's strange. Like, it is I, I strange. can't think of anything else that's yeah. quite like that. <sighs> Well, I, I feel like we're coming to the point where yeah. we're going to give yeah, our yeah. final thoughts. And I will just say before we get to the final thoughts that the best thing that came out of this movie is special effects artist David Anderson yeah? proposed to his then-girlfriend, oh. Heather Langenkamp. Oh, no shit. Yeah, while shooting this movie. Whoa. Okay, yeah. so you're saying the guy that's in fucking uh, New Nightmare. Well, that's who he's based off of. Yeah, the yeah, guy yeah. in New Nightmare is an actor, but that's right. yeah, he's based off her actual husband who's a special effects artist. Holy cow. Yeah. That's him on this movie. Yeah. Oh, and, and if you, if you, if no you don't know, Heather Langenkamp is uh, Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's okay. It's really cool. That's and fucking cool. They've been cool. together ever since. That's so. fucking cool. Awesome stuff. I hope that the remake writes some of the stuff of this that's wrong. I hope that the family is a lot more likable, especially the mom and yeah. dad. Because seriously, in this, they were just so wooden and just on drugs yeah. it seemed like yeah and like i said the dad in this might as well have just been some kind of psycho serial killer or something he was completely unlikable unemotional yeah. even when gage gets hit and he's like no no <gasps> no. no it's like oh my god man it's so yeah. bad it's, it's so bad great, no. so hopefully in the remake they nail some of that stuff down i hope that i mean seriously the biggest shoes that are to fill here are are judd Yes, and we got John Lithgow, who yeah. we know is is a great He's actor. Awesome. Yeah, and um, also we know we've seen the trailers, both of us. He's he's hitting that Judd voice. Seems he's that doing way. Doing a pretty good job. Yeah, I got to hear him say wrong. Exactly. We got to we got to get. That. I gotta know. I gotta know um, if he can pull that one off, man. I I I have very high expectations for it because it is directed by Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Widmire who mm. directed Starry Eyes and the Valentine's Day segment of Holidays. Oh. And I love both of those things yeah. and especially love how fucking weird they are. Yeah. So I hope because that that's some of the, that's one of the things I think this movie was missing was weirdness. Yeah. Like uh, it's yeah, got yeah. creepiness. But it doesn't get weird at, yeah. until like right there at the end when the house is different and everything. Right. That's yeah, a little that gets weird. kind of surreal. But we would want more. You want more of that weirdness leading up. Yeah. And yeah, I, I would like for this to get real strange. So I hope I hope that they do it justice. I almost think that there's more going on in the new one than than we know because in oh, the yeah, trailers for sure in the trailers it seems like they almost show you everything it's like they show yeah. you that it's ellie that gets hit and comes back yeah. you know and it's like that should be the major mega twist of the movie yeah. and they show it in the trailer it's right there so there, there probably are a lot more changes that they're just trying to soften the blow like I if they show so. you the, this big thing yeah. and then you show up and you're expecting some changes yeah you won't be as as surprised it even kind of hints at the uh the achilles tendon cut which by yeah. the way is so fucking brutal. brutal oh my Ooh. god great effect on yeah. that in this original one too oh but yeah. it's like it kind of shows you that like it shows you zelda in the trailer too it's like it really does kind of show all the cards on the table so there I, probably are other cards I hope I so. Hope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I hope. Like, if it's seriously just like, oh, it's exactly the same, only it's the girl instead of the boy, I'm going to like, okay, that was yeah. pretty fucking weak. Yeah. 
But we'll find out. We're going to see it on uh, the day after this comes yeah, out. We're going to go see it on, on Thursday. And we're going to try to do a mini-sode about it here come out real soon, too. So be sure to watch the, the podcast and the YouTube channel to check that out. We'll do a little spoiler-free, then write in spoilers, yeah. as we usually do, uh, and get into that then. For reals. What's your ratings on this some bitch? <clears throat> okay, so... <laughs> Autopsy of Jane Doe being my middle of middle of the road five, movie. Yeah. Uh, this is not as good as that. Uh, despite having the iconic scenes and having such a um, an effect on horror yeah. movie fans, um, it just doesn't hit me that way and never okay. has. All right, um, but I think it's well directed. I think that the um, Fred Gwynn's acting and just in general his being yeah it improves the movie a million it adds two points to the movie for sure yeah he's definitely uh, awesome and I really think the Zelda parts are creepy they just don't fit the story doesn't really matter yeah I think the effects are great I love uh, Pascal's like oh yeah it looks great I love uh, whenever um, Gage bites into yeah, the neck. Yeah, Judd. Yeah, and just rips stringy. off that. Yeah. Apparently, when that happened, that scene, they told Miko Hughes, like, you know, it's just a fun thing. You're going to bite off this thing, and then, you know, that'll be it. And so he bit off the thing. But then Fred Gwynn started acting, oh, obviously, oh. like somebody who was dying. Oh, no. And it freaked Miko Hughes oh, the fuck out. Hard. He was, like, screaming and crying. Oh, like, he's, he like, three or four years old. He thought he'd killed this guy. Oh, oh, that's terrible. That's devastating. I don't know why I'm laughing. It just seems like it would be really funny, kind yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> it would be like, oh, God. Bless him. real bad. Bless him. Um, but, yeah, the effects, I really enjoy them. But again, like, man, this story just doesn't come together. Needs some tightening up. Needs some Needs screws turned. Up. Needs maybe some better, stronger performances from the lead. For sure. And his family. Yeah. Um, But still, uh, I, I just I don't dig it much. Yeah. So I'm going to give this one a four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. And, and, and I, I really think that the remake will improve. I if it doesn't, that, I actually would say if the if the remake shits the bed, yeah, I'd say maybe this is a five. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I think your assessments are all very fair. You know, and again, this time I was watching it, I was really very aware of just how unlikable the mom and dad and the daughter yeah. and most of the people in the movie are. Yeah. It's like the movie really would have been a lot better served if it had a family like fucking poltergeist. Like, if the family from Poltergeist was just doing their thing and, like, the boy got hit by a truck... Yeah. It would be heartbreaking. It really would, because you care about them. Yeah. That yeah. that family is so likable and mm-hmm. relatable and genuine yeah. and well-played that whenever, you know, bad shit starts happening to the daughter and stuff, it's just like, oh, fuck, man. Yeah. How's the gang going to be- get back together or whatever? <laughs> but in this, it's just like everybody is so unlikable and unemotionable. Yeah. Uh, unemotionable. Unemotionable. You got it. You heard That's it here first. Awesome. That when bad <laughs> stuff happens to them, you just don't really care that much. No, you, know? you don't. Yeah, that, I did feel that way, actually. I didn't really think about how apathetic I was toward yeah. everybody that bad things were happening to. Yeah. And when you get down to it, there is such a jumble of psychics. 
and ghosts <laughs> yeah. and zombies. Uh-huh. It's all there. And zombie pets. Which, and by the way, would work as like a Castle Rock. Like if next season were Castle Rock Pet Cemetery. Yeah. And it was in that city and we found out all this weird shit's cool. going on in the city. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. It just doesn't work for an hour and 40 minute movie. Not really. Not really. Mm. But at the same time, like I said, there's so much iconic stuff in it, and it's not one that I watch, and I'm like, fuck this movie. I hate it. Yeah. Like, I never want to, like, turn it off. It's yeah. one of those I won't okay. necessarily, like, run to and be like, it's time to watch but this yeah, movie But yeah, if it's on, now. I'll keep watching it. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's like that, right? Like, there's there's movies that I crave watching, where it's mm. like, I want to see Halloween. I want yeah. to see Black Coat's Daughter, whatever. Somebody says, I'm going to turn that on. Yes. Awesome. Absolutely so. But with this movie, it's one of those ones where while I'm watching it, I don't hate it. I don't necessarily run to it to be like, oh, I just I need to watch Pet Cemetery again yeah. right now, you know? But there's so much iconic, often quoted, often imitated or parodied yeah. stuff in here that I feel like it is a necessary watch for every fan of horror. Yeah. But honestly, it's because of what pop culture has made it, not necessarily because of what's right. in the movie. Yeah. Does that make sense? It, no, yeah. It just hit at the right time it hit kids at the right time at an age where now they have enough influence that they can all say pet cemetery is great and we have to kind of respond to it yeah pretty much yeah i think i'm gonna hit this thing with a i like it more than you i think it's a six all right to me it's like it's above it's above average sex dad sex it's a sex If you could toss one of your childhood pets in the pet cemetery and see it come back, maybe kind of fucked up, what do you think it's going to be? Um, well, it would be I, it would be my 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 dog Buddy, Buddy, who I had before I moved to Russia, and he got hit by a car while I was Aww, gone. Oh, Buddy, um, Buddy. Here's the thing about Buddy. I think if he came back and tried to be evil, he'd yeah. fail at it because he was so sweetly dumb. Oh, just a dumb, sweet little booger that Bless would. His heart. He would try to murder you, but be in the middle of it, and then hear a sound and run off to check out what it is. Sure, yeah, yeah. My brother and I had two gerbils when we were children. Uh-huh. My brother's was a fat, white, and tan one named <laughs> Hunkamunka. <laughs> That's an awesome name. Mine was a skinny black gerbil uh-huh. named Gamey Joe. Gamey Joe? He had a limp. Oh my god! <laughs> what you guys had? Uh, like that would be a, a crime group. Hunkamunka and Gamey and Joe. Joe yeah. You don't hang around them, or you're gonna end up robbing a bank. Don't shilly shally around with those. Don't shilly shally with Gamey Joe. No. And I'm going to tell you this, gerbils or really hamsters, anything in that small rodent yeah. kind of kind of category, horrible pets. Just yeah, awful. Yeah, they're no awful fun. Pets, awful you, pets. you basically just watch them and if you take them out, hope that you don't drop them because you'll never find them. Oh, they're goners after yeah. that. Yeah, they got loose a few times and it was just like they'd be gone for a few days yeah. and then you'd catch them again or not. We're not, yeah. yeah, and then you're just like, what happened to that hamster? Do I have Damn. hamsters in my house now? If you really love all of your nighttime sleeping hours being spent being kept awake by a hamster running in a squeaky metal wheel, <laughs> you're in luck, Padre. Because the minute your head hits the pillow, they're like, all right, it's go time. i got to get in this treadmill. Yeah. Get my steps in. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck those things. Uh, and, and Do hamsters need 10,000 steps? Because those motherfuckers get them. They sure fucking sure. do, man. 
Gamey Joe was an asshole. Yeah. And he bit through my fingernail one time. Jesus. Like, I just reached down to, like, get him out of his little tube or whatever. And, like, right through the middle of my index finger. Like, on the side. Bit straight through it. Like, I I pulled my hand out and he was still, like, attached to it. I was bleeding like crazy. Fuck. And I'll tell you what. Whenever your fingernail gets, like, bit into, like, right here and it grows out, weird stuff happens. It bubbles up. It's not good. I had the same thing happen with this this thumb here. I got it caught in a metal grinder. Jesus. When it grew back, there was just a big bubble in the middle. Yeah. That's kind of how this was. It was really strange. I think that if I buried him in the pet cemetery, he actually might come out like nicer than he was. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You pick him up and he'd be like, yeah, I'm fine with this. Yeah, whatever. whatever. <laughs> I think he'd come back all right. Now, Steve, what are we going to be talking about on next week's episode of Drab and Blobbly? Well, there is a biblical vision in Genesis. Look out. Which Jacob sees Based angels on a true story. Ascending and descending ladders into heaven. Yeah. And this movie's not about that at all, but it's called Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder. Well, it's kind of about that. Yeah. A little bit. I've never of. seen it. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to ruin anything for you. It's Jacob's Ladder. It's uh, don't Tim, be spalling. Tim Robbins, Radon Chong, and it's you'll need to watch it more than once. I would be prepared for that because it's, right. it's a strange one. I've heard it's real fucked off. It is. Real fucked off. I look forward to watching it. It's been on my to watch <laughs> list. For quite a long time. I think I'm just going to go off on my own, have a hamburger or a chicken dinner, <laughs> and uh, take it in. Sit down with a chicken dinner. Watch yourself a movie. Wife's not home. Chicken dinner time. Exactly right. You guys be sure to rate and review on iTunes. It takes hours to make the show. It only takes you minutes to write a review on the iTunes. Helps us out a ton. If you like this show and want to help us out, send us beer or and... Write a review on iTunes. There you go. Please. Please, people, please. <laughs> please, baby, please. Yeah. Um, you can always catch us on the Twitter and the Instagram at Dead Lovely Pod. We have a Facebook group, Dead and Lovely Horror Movie Podcast. Um, also, you can email us at deadandlovelypod at gmail.com. Yeah. Check us out. You guys be sure to do that. Thank you all so much for listening. You guys have been just sweet, supple, and fantastic. Meanwhile, we have been dotted. That's us. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys really soon when we do that mini-sode on the new Pet Cemetery. So stay tuned for that. Have a supple day. Don't go down that road. That supple, supple road. It's a smooth and silky road. At night, I lay down on it with my penis. What? I have sex with the rod. Come come on, Eileen. (laughs) In this moment... You mean everything. She wouldn't say everything. She would say all. She she always, like, she does not want you to know where she's coming from. Uh Uh-uh. No. No. She wants you to be like, what, what? What now? What, Bjork? If you ever get close to a human. And human behavior. Because she's a pixie.
She's yeah. She's speaking not a from human. an outsider's perspective. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's crazy. As an Icelandic fairy, let me tell you about humans. Yeah, let me tell you about humans. I'm Bjork, the Icelandic fairy. Yeah, it's what I do. It's me, Bjork. It's me. I am Bjork. It's not I, too far from my Carol Kane. <laughs> I'm Carol Kane. <laughs> it's me, Bjork. The, the thing that differentiates my impressions is that I say the person's name. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, how else are we supposed to know? Yeah. I am Bjork. I am Carol Kane. <laughs> I like Rotten Shark. Which one's that? That's mm-hmm. Bjork for sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> I'm Jimmy Stewart. And it's me, Aaron Neville. That's good. He's got the hard brats. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to give up. I'm standing in front of an oscillating fan. <laughs> That's how I get my voice. You think out. if he stood in front of an oscillating fan, a different message would come through? Like oh. he's singing it so that when it goes through an oscillating fan, yeah. it gives you like... His message is like, save me. I've been in captivity for years. I think depending on the speed of the fan, if the mm. speed of the fan was the exact negative of his natural vibrato, mm-hmm. it would just sound like... Oh. Yeah, because he's already going... Ah, 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 uh-huh. Ah, 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 ah. So all that comes through is the... The pauses. The pauses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's exactly what's happening. <laughs>